chestnut oak. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 6th of September 2015. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess and Robert Kemp. Hello. Hello. It's time for the Saladcast. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still singing. Still? <laughs> when did you start? <laughs> It's time for a musical start intro. off this podcast. <laughs> no, you just need to auto-tune it. I can't... Mm. There's, no. No, there's no way you could even do an auto-tune impression, is there? Really? Like, uh, yeah, that's the best you could do. You have to do your little share. What, what was the share song that had the auto-tune on before everything else? Do you believe in... Do you believe... Love? Do you believe... <laughs> <laughs> That was the most obvious one. Way before T Pain appeared. Oh yeah. I feel like yeah, there's not T-Pain enough auto tune these days. It seems to have gone out of fashion. Well, it's because it is so crazy overused. Well, I don't know, whenever Kanye sings it tends to be a bit quite a lot of auto tune involved. <laughs> well, yeah. Well that that, oh, that, 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 that song he did. Was it all that, that song he did recently with um McCartney? Oh right. It's yeah. like man is that auto tuned. It's like they've tried so hard to like put it on its like gentler settings, so it's not quite so like insta pitch change. But boy, yeah, that's all over the place. I don't know. I mean, that's more of the effect, isn't it? When you put it on crazy harsh like step function, basically. Sure. If you, I mean, I mean there's know. no hiding it, is there? Well, I guess there is. I mean, because people use it to actually correct vocals, and you can't notice yeah. by. But I mean, I have used it on remixes of our friend John Vilo's stuff and it is barely noticeable. Yeah, hardly noticeable. You probably <laughs> didn't even honest, know I did that. Let's be honest, it wasn't the best recording to start with. Well, no, his true. voice. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, presumably Whoa. he can't belt it out in his apartment that he had at the time. So It's a trouble. You need a studio situation yeah. in order to go crazy on that shit. Or, you know, at least a garage. UK garage. UK garage. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a UK garage, it's true. <laughs> the best kind. Anything recorded in UK garage, that's, that's, that's the genre. That's now. the genre, right. <laughs> you see, that's the next filter someone needs to come up with. Auto tunes dead, man. What you need is the garage fire. <laughs> it turns everything into UK garage automatically. It's a bit like whatever ever button Randy Marsh presses to make himself into Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I am Lord. Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talented geologist. <laughs> that was the best joke of that whole season of South Park, I think. And they just That's kept it going great. through every episode. I still don't even yeah. really know who Lord is, really. Like, like, I think that's sort of intentional. She doesn't really it, make no. very many public appearances. But. I heard one of her songs and I was like, and I finally identified it with her or whatever. I don't know, because you hear songs, you can't avoid oh, quite hearing songs, but you don't know who they are or whatever. And it's like, oh, man. Oh, sure. She's quite, a, oh, she's quite recognisable. Yeah, because this is really good yeah. <laughs> for a pop she song, so I'm, quite, I'm not surprised. She's... Her version of Everybody Wants to Rule the World, I think, was used bing, on the reveal bing, trailer bing, for Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Bing, or no, it might have been, bing. sorry, it might have been Unity, actually. I think oh. her, she was used on the Unity really? trailer. Yeah. Good... Oh, yeah. Okay. I know. Yeah. Okay. And it's a good version of it. Yeah, it's a good song. 
in a sort of mad world, we've made this more sinister than originally. Yeah, didn't they break, break out way. Mad World again for a for they a did, re- yeah. re-release? Of, but uh, I, I haven't gone back and watched the remastered trailer, but it, it's, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of cool. I kind of like that they did that because I always loved the the weird stance they took with the Gears of War trailers. Hmm. That Mad World thing was kind of neat, a different way of doing it. And was it the um, the Gears of War three? I remember because I think it was I have a destin I have a date with death or something or a destiny with, with death or it was right. like a monologue with like there was no music or anything. It was just a guy talking with with like imagery happening in the background, which I thought was kind of cool. But the Gears of War two one was probably the weirder one because it was like a um just a picture like it was just a scene of them all chilling out like in a, a sunset like under trees and stuff like. Um, with panning camera shots that ran at like half frame rate for some right. reason, um, with some calming music playing, like, and then I think it had some tagline basically saying, "Yeah, shit's gonna go down" or something. <laughs> but it's just—it's the weirdest trailer for that game. It's just n- not particularly representative. No, they never really were. Well, the first trailer you could argue was quite. The first and no, actually, you know, Gears of War one and three. Those trailers are reasonably representative. They show what the game's about, running away from giant locust things. Locust things, yeah. Gears of War three was pretty good. They're all pretty good. Well, I don't know actually. Everyone's saying that perhaps that that first game doesn't hasn't aged well mechanically. No, but I mean, it did a load of new stuff. Really, like the cover stuff yeah. was pretty new. Oh well, I mean, yeah, its entire gameplay style you could argue was new. Yeah. It's good. E-holes. Oh, E-holes. Those weren't good. <laughs> no, E-holes were a bad idea. I don't know. It's game. better than a freaking Call of Duty-style enemy well that you can't see and can't stop. Oh, sure. Yeah. Until you progress past a certain point and then mysteriously enemies come from slightly further back. Yeah. I think it's not a bad idea, the E-hole, like, in concept of, like, okay, here's a spawning thing that you can actually plug up. Yeah. Someone obviously thought, well, we need some some way of uh, fixing this. Everyone recognizes enemy wells as a problem, or it's a, or it's a no longer a yeah. allowed or favorable game design technique. Let's uh, come up with a way of having one that you can stop yeah. to make it a bit more in-world. It's, just, it's literally yeah. a well in... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make it better for people who are better at the game, though, because then you just get to the point where you're plugging them up virtually as soon as they open, and then you're not even playing the game, really. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you're playing grenade frames, really. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them, I think, I always come out, but, yeah, then you, you can make it a lot easier on yourself. Mm. Which is probably essential if you're playing at the harder difficulties anyway. Oh, yeah. But then it's like, then you're basically memorising the level. You're but that's what actually playing the shooting, so that's just like knowing where everything's going to come from. And... I guess, but some of that is that's what true. expert play is all about on campaigns, anyway. Speaking as two guys play. playing through Halo Two on Legendary, yeah, which <laughs> got hard. I don't know if it got hard. Well, the first that level of all the flood, man, that was difficult. Well, the, the so first problem like, with it was the second half of the Arbiter's second section, like effectively. Yes, the, the flood, I guess. Yeah. The first big problem with it was how the moving elevator fucks the physics right up. Oh boy, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I don't remember that. 
like no. from, from playing it back in the day. But there's a whole section on a giant moving platform and it's moving along. But if you try and throw a grenade, the physics seems to work fine until the grenade explodes. And then the explosion just sort of wafts off the platform and it doesn't seem like it's having much of an effect. And like you can't use needlers because the needlers like travel sideways because yeah. they're being left behind by the platform. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Why did they even move the platform? Why didn't they just move the level, you know? and keep the platform oh, stationary yeah. or whatever when they were designing well, the game. It depends, like, how they... Yeah, I suppose you're right. I mean, it depends how seamlessly they wanted to design the world. Maybe it was easier for them to translate the platform than to come up with some... Or if they translated the world, would everything resting on the world then have a physics glitch? Well, yeah. Possibly. But there's nothing out there, really, is there? Apart oh. from, like, maybe dead enemies and debris if you kill something while it's over there. No. Maybe, yeah, they could perhaps, like... Depending on how they... Oh yeah, they could just like delete stuff. I think and they probably do delete stuff, don't they? If they get too far away from it. Or... I mean, I assume their problem would have been like the end of the ride, where you need to get off and transition just into a normal level. Mm. You... But then the world has moved around you, and you're just moving onto the level in, in its new location. Are you saying at that point it's like well, now we've locked the whole world in place? Yeah. Maybe it's, like, from a debugging perspective, maybe it's kind of annoying because they'll get, like, a debug log back or something and they'll get, like, coordinates of where stuff happened and it's like, wait, but these coordinates aren't changing. (laughs) Like, oh, where the fuck are they? Yeah, like, it all overlaps. Yeah. They would have to have some, like, a lot... Well, I mean, you could get around that just by having, well, here's the the point in the... Yeah, the timestamp or the point in the the translation variable for where the world should be. That bit's a little sucked. Just, yeah, that was just way too long. Yeah, it goes on forever. And it just, there was like certain, certain, it's sort of a classic problem of Halo when you're in a, when you, when it's basically an arena fight where basically depending on where you're standing affects where the enemies come from because it always right. doesn't try to spawn them right in front of you or whatever. Yeah, try so to, it's like, try oh, to if, I, if I stand here, I just get fucked because nine enemies just appear right on me. In that. <laughs> But it, yeah, it does try and avoid that. But when you try and then play to it on the second checkpoint, it goes. It seems to know that you're doing that, and then they appear someone else and just flank you, and it's like, oh god damn it! Yeah, and there was a, we had a couple of bad start? checkpoints as well. Where we're just oh, like, yeah, yeah. That really are not helpful. <laughs> yeah, we're just... that one where well, okay, then we went on to the bit where we where we all we got through that. But then we went on that, the next level where we were Master Chief again. Master Chief basically gets teleported, teleported into high charity. Yeah. Yeah. And the start of that level was fucking hilarious. That's but real dumb. Really hard. <laughs> it's because they teleport you right into the like the heart of Covenant, like, yeah, high charity. But it's not just that. Not they that take you to there. like the... But there's not a lot of cover is the problem with that area. The no. only cover you have are those tiny little things. Or if you go to the end of the room, there's basically sort of like a, an extra bit of room off to the side. But that doesn't really give you cover. No, As soon as enemies come down there, you're completely exposed. If anyone comes around the corner, there is no more cover. And it's... Yeah, that that bit's so hard. Like You're coming up with weird strategies like, okay, this time I'm going to have to make... As this section starts, I'm going to have to make the crazy run to pick up to drop my gun which is out of ammo pick up this particular gun on the way headshot this grunt and then I need to make do all of that and make it to the end before all the brutes notice that I'm in the middle of the middle <laughs> of the arena and hope that Zach is just enough to distract them because so, otherwise I'm going to die by the time I make it down to the cover yeah and it's and my tactic was hiding the doors which worked fine apart yeah. from that bit where it was like every time I was stood in one of those doors, it prevents the enemies from spawning, except for the one time it checkpointed, and 
like literally a second after a checkpoint and Grunt spawns immediately behind me in the corridor of that door that I'm in. <laughs> so the, like every time we reloaded that checkpoint, I had to really quickly turn around and kill this Grunt before he took too much of my shields off before the doors closed and everything else shot me. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was really dumb, but I did kind of enjoy the difficulty of it in a weird way. Yeah. Like It's classic. It's just like, it's because it sort of started forcing us to think of like, okay, at this particular checkpoint, we're going to have to do this, or I'm going to have to take this particular route, otherwise the, my chances of survival are none. And it's like, make it sort of puzzle it out in a weird way. And I think it helped that our tactics were wildly different. I think if we both hidden the doors, it might have, or different doors, maybe it would have Wouldn't not have worked. worked so good. Because yeah. I could sort of act as a distraction. To keep some of the pressure off Zach's door when he opened it. Well, it did seem like they couldn't open the doors, but then there were occasional times where, like, when I opened the door, there was just a dude literally there trying <laughs> to <door. laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the doors are only one way, or they're not controlled by the presence of enemies or something that they just opened when they're. They're probably just. There's only a trigger on the inside, right? So they. Well, because you could cause them to open by standing next to the wall at that end bit. Like, if you were up oh, against the wall in that arcing section at the end, the door would open, I guess, because it senses you're behind it, but you're not in that corridor, yeah, you're, like, next to the wall. That sounds like a slightly bugged trigger zone. Because I could see that happening, like, when we were standing on opposite sides of that in the earlier attempts. You could hear like, it, you, yeah. Whenever you were walking up to the wall, I could see the door on your side opening, and that would prevent any enemies from spawning out of it. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, that's weird. Yeah, you, the doors do... When they, and even then, the doors do seem to just open randomly, even if you're, if no one's anywhere near it. Every now and then, they just like go, could you? That's, that's an a, accurate sound effect. That was a classic, <laughs> like, all, all through even Halo 1, I was doing that as well. Like, whenever there's a door that only spawned out of that you're not meant to be able to get into because it only opens the enemies, just yeah. fucking leg it in there, and then you're pretty much safe. Because <laughs> <laughs> no enemies can spawn in there because you're in the spawn zone, and they can't get back in. <laughs> but then you have to go out eventually. It's sort of like, you have to open the door and can't take some pot shots and hide again. Yeah. Pro cheesing. Yep. <laughs> Halo on legendary. Pro cheesing. Yep, definitely. Video games. A bit early for video games, early. isn't it? What's going there, on? We got there quick. What we happened to the random? Out, clearly. Oh, <laughs> I want to hear about kitchen. typical Zach news. There's got to be some <laughs> updates on on your uh, car situation or your, or your tea situation or your, I don't know. It's a section... We shall now affectionately refer to as Zach's Bitchin' Kitchen. <laughs> the Bitchin' Kitchen? What's going on with the Argo? Or is it Kitchen Bitchin'? Yeah, that's more like... <laughs> it's the other way around. Nothing's been happening in the kitchen. The garden has been getting something done to it. They cha- it was no, like... no more floor tiles. Well, they after we got all the, all the fancy paving done and stuff, the pr- like, like, last year it had been decided that we weren't going to have just grass out there. We were going to basically take up most of the grass and put, like, wildflowers in there to make, like, a meadow, basically. Oh, that's quite cool. And it worked really well for the first year. Mm. It was, like, I was surprised how fucking fast it all grew, really. Well, some wildflowers can, yeah. Well, yeah. But, it, it like, it, and it carried on for a really long time, like, really late into the year, like, into autumn and stuff. There were still new types of flower appearing. Mm. And I was like, well, that's actually worked. But this year, it was pretty shitty. <laughs> so now it's at all gone again. No, I don't know what's going to happen next, whether it's going to be like, okay, we need some more seeds, let's try a different Did you, did you need like a something. fallow year or something for your wildflowers? Did they use all the nutrients? But it's like the ones that came back this year were clearly not the best. It was like, they looked weeds. more like weeds yeah. rather than actual flowers. And it's like, where's all the cool flowers that we had last year? They just haven't grown this year. 
Was, yeah, they don't. I don't think there's some, a lot of like the, if you buy like those, you can just buy packs of random wildflower yeah. seeds and stuff. And it's like I don't think there's like every variety in there are supposed to come back. We've got one variety, like the corner of my garden, like and Zach and Dan will know what I'm talking about when I say it's the one near the back entrance to it. That right. bit of overgrowiness near the back gate. Yeah, that's all. That's all just wildflower seeds up there. Right. And this is one particular variant that seems to have taken off. Well, fuck the others, just one. Was... I think our problem was just like, like it says on like how you're meant to do this is like you're meant to take up most of the grass. Like you use a special machine that fucks up the ground but doesn't destroy all the grass. It just gets rid of most of it. Oh, what you reckon the grass might have been the nutrient? No, I think like the grass came back too strong and it killed off everything else. Uh, okay. Like I think we would have done better to take out all the grass hmm. rather than leave it because there was it said on the packet where it's like one of the specific types of wildflower flower plant that's in here is meant to keep the grass under control. Like that specific plant overro- overgrows the grass, hmm. but I don't think it did it very well. <laughs> Maybe our grass is just too hardcore. <laughs> we, have, we have a theory about gardeners' world. <laughs> okay, Monty Don knows nothing about gardening. Mm. He's entirely controlled by his dog, who's in every <laughs> shot of that show. Okay. Like the, the dog is always there. It's like it's, he's the mastermind. The feeding the mastermind. him lines or something. Yeah. Or feeding like, him lines, watch puppeteering him from the distance. Because the dog mm. doesn't really do anything. It's because he's so concentrated on controlling <laughs> one dog. Yeah, he can't move himself. He has to just lay there exactly. and like, let yeah. his brain take over the human. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. <laughs> Next time, next time, of course, on your daily schedule, and I'm, I'm sure you watch Gardener's World every week. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah. actually. laughs> you have to check that out. The, the dog is all powerful. So the other thing that happened that was non-kitchen related, dumb <laughs> things happening, is I had to take my car for an MOT. Yeah, yeah. And that was done because, well, firstly, it was an inconvenient confusion and like potential because my dad had taken his car in for an MOT to the same place. And he wanted me to take his check-in to pay for his one while oh, I was taking my one in. Right. And, and so mum wrote an envelope to put the check-in, and she just wrote Mr. Burgess. And I'm like, well, you've fucked that up, haven't you? <laughs> 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 That's going to be a problem to start with. So I just wrote an A in there. And it's like, right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's at least distinguish that slightly. So I took it in, and naturally... That was immediately confusing. I was like, no, this is the money for my dad's one that he's already had done, but I'm taking this is my one today. <laughs> and of course, naturally, also, the guy, the guy I'd phoned up to book the appointment hadn't written it down in the book. So I wasn't even in the book that I had an appointment today. <laughs> right. But they did it, so it's okay. okay. Yeah. I guess there was still a space because where my appointment would have been, <laughs> they just hadn't written it down. So I took it in mm-hmm. and got it done. And... As far as I know, the, like I got the receipt, and as far as I know, nothing it like got done to it. Like no, no, there's no nothing needed changing. Cha- yeah. needed changing. Even though the previous one had notes that was like, "This is probably going to be a problem," and it's like this year, nah, fuck it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's just like the guy I had last year was really anal about it or something. It was like, "This is really close <laughs> to being a problem." The other guy was just like, "Eh, it's fine." <laughs> I haven't had the bill yet, so I don't know. But I don't think anything was done. The thing that I thought was going to be wrong was the tyres, but they still appear to be the same tyres. They so. didn't give you the. They did nothing. Just shouldn't it be super easy for them to just give you the bill? Because it should be like a standard cost, shouldn't it? The MOT, like without nothing 
needing. Yeah, I don't, know how, I don't know how they do their build system because I think they always post it or something. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so I don't know. I haven't had it yet. We'll see. As far as I know, nothing happened. It didn't seem any different. I didn't yeah. notice any. Every, when, I, when I get it done, I get it done at because uh, I have a Ford Focus. I get it done at the Ford Garage at Ransom Jura Park, and it's uh yeah they just they just everything is so standardized for them that it's just like they can give you a bill immediately. It's like yep, this is how much it costs. All right, super. Let me go. Let me go home. No, I don't have to worry about it. And on my after I took the car in when I was walking home because it's just up the other end of Beaton. Hmm. <laughs> As I was walking home, I got a street pass. <laughs> Yes, really. Oh, in the need a market. Yeah, what that's game? like the second, second or maybe third one that I've had a street pass on. In the, it's not game link. It was a system. I mean, it's also said they had been playing Pokemon, but I think if you turn that on in Pokemon, that does happens. Okay, regardless of how how long ago it was. Oh, right, <laughs> obviously, okay. my Pokemon recognised it. It's like, been- and and then when I went to the street pass thing, and it's like. Then me comes in or whatever. It's like I've most recently been playing Smash Brothers for 3DS, and it's like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the last interesting game that came out in 3DS. What have you been playing on the it's DS? Because I guess Code, Codename Steam was the only thing that only big, t- big-ish title that came out after that, right? Yeah, it's like 3DS has been some a bit quiet, hasn't it this year? Yeah, pretty much. I noticed the new the new 3DS isn't doing much for them then. Well, that hasn't not even really out yet, really. No. I suppose, it's, you know, is Fire Emblem the next big thing? Yeah, probably the next Fire Emblem. It's like the, the only thing that I noticed, because when I, when, I think it must have been E3 when they, when I saw, they didn't announce it at E3, but I saw that they, they're making the new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I noticed also that apparently they're making an, and a mystery dungeon game that's Etrian Odyssey. So it's oh, like really? the Etrian Odyssey style <laughs> on a mystery dungeon style game. And I was like, those games are pretty similar to start with, really. Remind me, Etrian Odyssey is the one we is that the one where you have to write your own map? Yeah, you draw the map and it's like a tile based yeah. like first person it's like a bit like an old dungeon crawl. Yeah, it's like, like what's that game? Legend of Grimrock. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And I considered playing one of those at one point because I tried the demo and I was like, yeah, mm. this is kind of an interesting thing. I don't know. Well, well the trouble is, of course, that this it's one of those series that's been going on forever in like Japan or whatever. And it's like, does it matter? Probably not. Uh, but yeah, so, so it's the like question, a monster hunter thing or whatever. Yeah, the risk with games like that, especially especially Japanese developed games like that, is like, all, are all their traits and tropes somewhat... Esoteric, <laughs> or or that it's expected you to know them, like is it that they're common knowledge in the Japanese game and landscape, yeah, and that you know, so they don't tutorialize them, yeah. Unlike all the tutorials we had to sit through for Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> <laughs> See that video soon. <laughs> still got like three or four before it yep. came so <laughs> not that soon. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a while. Probably give it a month. Featuring me for. Talking about three sentences, I would say. <laughs> yeah, we'll get goddamn them in. So, uh, well, yeah, you, you, I think you got quite bored with FF8. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just didn't know what to say because I don't know anything about FF8. Like, I guess it was the start, but I was like, okay. Well, that was sort of a problem, I guess. It was like because it was the start, and we were like, oh, now we get to talk about the systems, which we, me and Rob yeah. are already mostly aware of. Yeah, you're but well versed in. 
thing is, no matter how much footage I watch of Final Fantasy VII and VIII, I never truly get the systems, and I'd have to actually play it. I don't think there's a way. You do, yeah. Yeah, and I can't be bothered. I think you're right. I mean, if you ended up watching the entire series... <laughs> yes, yeah. if you watched all I, of them. I, think, yeah. I did watch a lot of it, actually. Yeah, it was good. Ch- tune in, listeners, or <laughs> check that shit out, because, like, it's good to I mean, have admit, stuff to, I like, think... you know, that's, like, low investment to watch yeah i suppose, <laughs> you, know I suppose I mean? you didn't necessarily talk about the ins and outs of like atv and all that stuff really it was just like we kind of just talked in a way it's like oh it's in the wake phase or like, sort of like, like it was yeah. known we fell into the japanese game trap but there's not too much to say about <laughs> it really no it's, it's 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 just a way of fudging turns isn't it like, yeah. i mean the bar that goes up when the bar is full play your turn and it's not very often in five hands you actually have to worry about delaying your turn or whatever no in that separate fight, <laughs> like the one time. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a, there's <laughs> it was like don't enter any commands. Well, there's a couple of there's there's only one or two enemies that ever enter like a repost state. Yeah, it's like if you hurt them now, then you're gonna get get some backlash. Mm. Repost. Repost. I'm sure I had some stories to tell, but I've lost them all. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. What's, what have you been up to anyway? You back to work of course, and shit. So. Yeah. Oh boy, work is after I, I got so used to having time off, man. Time off is yeah. great. I'd like, admittedly, at the end of the the two weeks around wedding time, I was getting and that was when we last podcasted. Actually, by the mm-hmm. time by that point, I was getting a little bit bored. To be to be honest, you know, it was like when you have so much free time, you end up sort of not really making many decisions with what to do with it. Yep, I know that feeling. And, and Noman had the same problem as well. So we were kind of like, well, what do we do today? I don't know, Ikea? <laughs> let's, That's let's not a bad one. That's like a whole day. No, no, I, Ikea was one of the better ones. Um, <laughs> weirdly, I kind of enjoy wandering around Ikea and then Ikea's a good day. we could screw up my house. And then... Yeah. And then, and then, and then you get home and then you realise, oh God, we've actually got to build this stuff. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that Ikea... Putting screws into oak. That is the worst. What's Oak is called? bloody solid. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. Like, they won't drill <clears throat> enough. It's like the IKEA effect or something. I don't know what the actual technical term is, but have you heard of that? Where it's like you put um, all the meatballs they have in your face. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's that you 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 place more value on a piece of furniture that you've superficially built yourself by putting it together from pre, you know, IKEA style than if you just bought it. And it was just delivered, you know. So the same piece of furniture, you value it more if you put some effort into putting it together. So it uh, costs less for maybe. IKEA to to make, obviously, because they don't have to put yeah. it all together and they can keep it flat back. But also, you like it more because you sort of psychologically you put the screws you into it. it. So it's I, like weird. I reckon that's partially true, or at least it has a temporary effect. I reckon that. It, that probably at least for me I, i'm not sure i would associate it with that mm. like i don't i don't think i have that i find the whole building process a pain in the jack so it probably yeah, saves but... like you're a ton of money from not getting sued because <laughs> if they're if you're passing off responsibility for the assembly to the people who who bought it then if it falls apart they injure themselves you're like well that's us <laughs> no no they're actually you were the one who failed to assemble it correctly <laughs> Yeah, but then they have to like make super be super cautious on the instructions and stuff, not to screw those mm-hmm. up. Otherwise, they really are liable, aren't they? Which is actually, we, when we were building this oak thing, there was a weird step in it where it was 
like it, you're basically given a choice about one of the elements. You could attach this little fold out. It's basically like a little kitchen trolley thing, mm. a little bit of extra storage and a little bit of extra worktop. Um, which name is covered in plants. <laughs> so I think it was a worktop. Um, um, the, um, you could choose, it has this little flat, flap out extra bit. Um, it's all for a tiny little extra bit of work top and you can choose where on the three, three spare edges you could put that. Um, but, but the way it was laid out and the instructions was really confusing. It's like, what actually happens is you get a, um, a split where it says, okay, if you're going to put it here, then carry on. But if you put it here, go to 18. And so I read it as, okay, I'm going to go to step 18. And of course it didn't make any sense at that point. It's like, right. wait, no, I don't. Like this doesn't seem to make sense. This is relying on things that we've already built together. What it actually meant was page eighteen, and that all of the instructions actually from that moment on were different, and that there was there were like two, it like it branched, and the branches never came back together, kind of. Thing. Right. Okay. And I don't know. There was something about how that was laid out. It was really confusing. It wasn't as clear as like if you're making Lego, or mm. <laughs> and that got me stumped for a while, just trying to look at it and go, what do they actually do they mean here? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, this step is twice. This step is the same as this other step, but it's got a number that's like 14 numbers higher. Yeah, they. I mean, they have little cartoons and stuff but they and everything to make it like super simple and stuff, but it, it's just not as clear as, like you're saying, as Lego or whatever. You know, yeah. and it's like, it's almost frustrating that like part of it is like being kind of condescending by having little, little, happy little dude man. saying, make yeah. sure you have two of you. Exactly. This is but not then, a one man job. And then they do something stupid like that, go to 18. And it's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, great. Thanks, guys. It's because they try not to use words. I think like yeah. these instruction manuals are mostly Multi- internationally international, used. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not always the best route. Hmm. Although, admittedly, I have had the opposite of that. I think some of the instructions for the dishwasher we have had, like, words in them. But they were they were they had to be written in every language possible and were crammed into the tiny amount of space on this, these diagrams. And it's right, like, this, yeah. this, is, this is the other extreme of bad. <laughs> so, yeah, like here. Ikea where, times. Like, where, what are we even talking about? <laughs> Random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we even talking about? Yeah, so going back to work is a bit of a bummer after having all that time off, and then it's so hard to get back into the flow. And then, like, when I realised after a couple of weeks off that basically a lot of work had been piling up. That the, the work had been so intent and not telling me about stuff, which is great. Don't get me wrong; they did a pretty good job of not not bothering, bothering me on holiday. But at the same time, not a lot of it was being done, or at least there was quite a lot that was just waiting for my return. And it's like, right. that's not their fault. That's just no. that there's no one they, that, that could do it. And well, it's maybe like that is their back fault. And on that first day, and, well, for a few days, you're just, well, it's not the employee's fault. No. You could argue no. it's the company's fault for not having anyone more resource. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then, then, then it just makes the next few days just a bombardment of stuff to deal with. And it's, yeah. It's hard. That, that, that going back is hard. You immediately, almost immediately, back into that. Oh, seriously, sort of state. For real. <laughs> that my job puts me in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't that. That's not fun. Also, I like. I guess the only other minor little thing to mention is Windows Ten. Yeah. I did run into a slight issue with three monitors, like you okay. did. Oh, I fixed my one, finally. Um, But yeah, you go ahead. Well, it's only to say that that, that some of the new settings interfaces in Windows 10 
are really bad. Yeah, they are. Like, they're they're bad. too simplified. Like the the um, yeah, one good example is the display. The monitors one, config one, is like well, way worse than it was. And it has like an advanced well, button which gives you like less options than the previous set. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really stupid. Well, the thing is, is that that, that, that option, uh, that screen doesn't let me deal with three screens at all no. for some reason. Like when, when, when I turn on my TV and get the amp on and stuff and get it to ping up that it's a third screen, that interface doesn't pick it up. I only get I only get my main monitors come up. Their numbers change, weirdly, so they become monitors yeah. two and three. But monitor one doesn't appear as an attached monitor, so I can't tell it to do anything with yeah. it. Yeah, that's which what is I dumb. Had. Yeah, the, yeah. The, it's, the, it's the, the workaround is to use the Nvidia control panel, which still works. Yeah, thankfully. so that's what I found uh, that I ha- I had to do was go to the Nvidia control panel, and that one was recognizing the other monitor, and I managed to get that to turn on. But it's just one of those things. Why did they? It's the the settings options that they have changed. I don't understand why they've done it. Like some of it, I guess, mm. was like to try and they want to make as much of the control panel as possible available in their sort of more modern UI style. The touch UI. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I get why they are the, the the separation between control panel for the super advanced stuff and this settings interface exists. And I'm not necessarily have too much of a problem with that, but it's the fact that they dumbed down the new interface and not given you a way of getting to all the settings that are under the hood, probably still, but that you just yeah. can't access anymore. Yeah, and it's just like I don't understand that. That is crazy. It's pretty screwed up, I think. It's like there are there are like you know the photo slideshow thing for the backgrounds. Like there, I have problems with like all the little things, like backgrounds in Windows 10. I think are really badly handled. Yeah, like yep. compared to the old system. And it's like there is a way you can get to the Windows Seven um, background interface. There is the control okay. still exists, and you can just run a run command to get at it. It doesn't work in my case. <laughs> it's, it's you can get to the control, and it still doesn't let you do what you want to do. But it's the fact that that's still there and still has the options you could pick that you would want, and they just don't work. And it's like, oh god damn it! <laughs> still can't get it to function. Like. I haven't quite. I haven't figured out how to make it just display a slideshow, like you know, have those rotating backdrops that Seven always had. Mm-hmm. But now Windows Ten defaults to each screen being different, um, doesn't shuffle the order, and there's no way of changing that. Oh, and it doesn't scan subfolders for pictures either. So you have to move all your pictures into a single into one if you want it to work. Folder. Oh, and sake. it's like all of this used to exist. Why have you taken it out? Yeah, the amount of pictures that are like. Removed missing. or like just missing, yeah, it's but quite annoying. I mean, yes, simplify and streamline your OS. I'm all for that, but that should be about streamlining the UI, not your features, really. Mm. Unless the features really are like totally 100% unused, but these are things that everyone seems to use, right? Yeah, exactly. People love know. fucking backdrops, no, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I, don't I hate that. your rotating backdrops just because I always fear it lagging shit up when we're doing stuff. Oh, sure. Well, I've, redu- I've reduced it to, like, rates. And so that's why like... I would never turn it on, because I'm like, I don't want any additional CPU load or graphics load from my desktop changing, because who gives a fuck about what pictures on your desktop? Well, I don't want it to be the same all the time, and I don't want <laughs> me to do it. So, like, it, actually, what would be better if it just changed it on login, right? But that option has never existed. 
I'd mm. want it to just be like pick a different one on login yeah. and then don't change it while I'm using it. Yeah, that would be, be fine too. But I don't have that. Windows 10, right? Confuse most confusing thing of all. Like one of, the, and this is the, this is the one of my favorite aesthetic things about Windows Phone is that the fact that you can put Bing's image of the day as your lock screen. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't exist in Windows 10 unless you download a third-party app called Amazing Lock Screen to do it for you. <laughs> Which isn't written by Microsoft, by the way. Some dude just noticed that this was missing was from one missing, of the preview yeah. builds and built it. And it's like, uh, I think he built it for Windows 8 specifically and then made a new version for Windows 10. And it's like, what? why? Why? Your, your lock screens are, always, are clearly designed like to to sport images of this type. Why Why not? Oh, why have this image of the day if you're not going to use it? Because they're awesome. I really like being image of the day. It's oh, a cool yeah, thing. They're, cool. like, they're, they're always great photos, and it's it's nice to have the unexpected variety. But why? I don't know. It's, I find it bad. Some elements of what they leave out just baffling. And admittedly, I do it's miss my stuff. But I mean, I actually do miss those little um, gadget. Yeah, system I miss my things. CPU widgets. Yeah, they were cool. I like. I mean, there's probably like they probably don't have to be widgets, right? You could probably just download an app that creates a on an on desktop thing, and that's probably how they will handle it now. Um, you would have to download some sort of application that creates a little window, but yeah. But I, I do miss my CPU and graphics card widgets, so I yeah. can see how much load and what yeah. temperature they're running at. That kind of you, stuff. And Especially I like, given it, I like the network such one a problem as well. for me. <laughs> Yeah, I quite like seeing the network um, graph as well. That was quite good. Bandwidth and stuff. I suppose work did do me a solid this week. They've given me some of those power line adapters. All right. The the one of the white. I've got a little crappy Wi-Fi dongle to my work PC, and that was basically not working very well. Right. I kept like disconnecting and uh, just losing connection. So they they sent me some power line adapters, um, and those things do work surprisingly well. Okay. Except, at, like, as in, they're super easy to set up. You just plug them in. I wanted an encrypted network, so you just press a button on both of them, and like, as long as you do it within a couple of minutes of each other, they'll pair, and then mm-hmm. you've got a private network set up, so someone just can't plug into your power line and be all like, "Here's your internet." Right. Um, That's cool. And they, they do work. They're great, except for the fact that I can't get much speed out of mine. Like, they're supposed to support 500 megabit, like up to, right. but I get like three. Right. Which is yeah. good. It's like my connection is much more stable than it used to be, but three meg download speed isn't brilliant. Weirdly, my upload speed is faster. It's like six meg, mm. um, like using speed test or something like that. So I don't know. I think I'm going to have to faff around with them because obviously where they're located, there's a ton of other power stuff around because, you know, a ton of other power stuff tends to be around your computers. Like Yeah, necessary um, stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it can, um, what do you call them? Transformer. Are they transformers? Little, yeah. Transformers. Yeah. Little boxes. Yeah. Um, all those transformer things that apparently can cause enough interference to screw with them. So I right. think about relaying it, uh, re- laying it out differently. Well, the the, the the adapters they've given me are kind of cool in that they have a plug on them, like so I can plug this into the wall. Oh, you and can daisy probably, chain. Yeah, so, so in theory I could plug that. My my theory is is if I plug it into the wall and then plug my extension devices into that. into them and then, then move that, that away. Yeah, and plug yeah, all the transformers into that, the extension. Because yeah. they will naturally be away, right? Because those things tend to sit on the floor, and your plug sockets are like halfway up a wall. So yeah, exactly. Is that not be quite a... that far. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> not quite half. Not at head height. Um, 
So maybe that'll work. But yeah, they seem pretty good, those things. Um, provided I can solve this interference problem, then it was super easy. And they're quite Wait. cheap now, actually. They're like 20 quid, I think, for a pair. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice, nice solution to problems that maybe don't need Ethernet cables running around your living room. I don't know. <laughs> Although I would still probably do that. I want all yeah, yeah. It's much better to have everything wired in, isn't it? I mean, ideally, you'd have Ethernet wired into the wall like like power. A lot of places do that now, I think. Yeah. That's the best way. Get yeah. some cat six I, I, all over your house. I do, occasionally, I do occasionally think about that, but man, that would be a faff, right? You'd have to like replaster and repaint every wall you touched. Oh, that would be a faff, but... Replaster and repainting the entire house. Yeah, totally. Obviously, once it's done, you know, it's it's a faff. But, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're doing a house for the first time, then it seems obvious, doesn't it? Because you're already doing it for the power, so you might as well add network. Yeah, sure. And it hasn't changed in God knows how long. The standard, really. I mean, well, uh, Cat5 uh, Cat6, but, you know, it hasn't yeah. really changed. Not Cat5 much, will no. still work just fine. Yeah. And there's intermediate in there, Cat5e. <laughs> Isn't there? Oh, and then yeah. Cat6. So there's like, there yeah. was actually an intermediate. But yes. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much all I've been doing. I went to see Man from Uncle. Did you go see that? Yet? No, I didn't. I like. I went. I was going to go on the Monday, and then and then um, John was like asleep when I <laughs> when I called him because he'd been like taking care of teenage sisters for like three days on the run, and apparently they just collapsed. <laughs> and I was like, oh great. And then we were going to go on Friday instead, but Vanessa wasn't feeling well. But by the time John was late, and by the time we got there, we were hungry, so we went to get something to eat, but that turned up late, and then, you know, because we're waiting in the restaurant for them to serve us, and then we were like, well, we could eat this really quickly, or we could just eat it more normally and just do this and then skip the cinema, and so we had to do that in the end. Um, (coughs) So I've missed it twice, so... It's it's, it's all right, is what I would say. It's all right. I think think It's, it's probably something I'd be happy to watch on DVD or whatever. Or on Netflix. Or... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily need the big screen in a weird way because it's not, you know, for a spy action film, there's not a great deal of action in it. And right. actually, I think where I was a little, I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. It's worth seeing. But I think where it let me down a little bit is that it's not quite as much substance as there is style. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, it evokes a lot of like Jackie Brown style feelings in me in a way that, you know, Jackie Brown has, has got a lot of style, but it's also like a pretty cool story and it's well written and things yeah. like that. Jackie Whereas this, cool. uh, this feels a little empty in comparison to something like that. Yeah. But well, Jackie Brown is a, style cues. is a classic movie almost at this point, I think. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, totally. It's, it's got some interesting things. It's got some very funny sections, but it's not as funny and witty as I would have expected from a Guy Ritchie film but it's not right. as um, but when it does do something it does it well um, yeah it's it's good but not, I kind of hoped for more I think oh, okay cool I think you will like it more than I did possibly well I liked the man from uncle but that's a you know <laughs> that's a long I've never watched ago. the original I've it's, never watched it. it's pretty campy like the enemy yeah. uh, the enemy um, organization was called thrush <laughs> 
<laughs> it's quite funny. Oh dear. Well, at least they, they don't do that in the new film. <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't the NAF forces. Mm. Where's that from? The NAF forces. That, that was the Tomorrow's World Expo we went to in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Years ago. It was, it was like the Dira did like a presentation. Yeah. yeah. The Defense Evaluation Research Agency. Yeah. I do do remember that. Didn't they have like some sort of demonstration on like a projected table or something? Yeah. Like here's an overlay of the NAF forces are coming. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) The thing is like, uh, yeah, it was NAF like a brand at some point, like in the 80s. Because my mum, I think she still has this, has a really brightly colored like, um, Plastic jacket that I think. Oh no, she, I think she's got rid of it now. But yeah. <laughs> it just says naff on it. Yeah, it just has naff like written like three or four times over the back, just like naff, naff, naff. <laughs> like, it's good. Yeah, I think it was twice, wasn't it? Like naff, naff. I think that is a naff, thing. Naff. Yeah, I think yeah. that is a brand. Now I think that always made me laugh though. Not your jacket, real naff. Basically, <laughs> double naff. Yep. Twice as much naff. naff Speaking naff. of Netflix. Just a random, random. <laughs> what? You were talking about Netflix at the time. As I sort of was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Speaking of Netflix, just on another random dumb news story I saw, saw that's not really related to anything. Did you see Netflix dissed how much Amazon paid for the top? Game? Yeah, I just read that today. <laughs> oh, that's no, quite funny. Netflix what? were like, man, they will overpaid for that. Fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were like, they were, they, they were like, Netflix okay, we've got old episodes of... of Top Gear, so and we and have we all have the, the data. Statistics. Yeah, we know how much people like this shit, so we know how much it'd be worth to pay for yeah, this but shit. How much do people rewatch? Like, you watch Top Gear once. Yeah, that's really, true. Don't you? I agree. I agree. But I mean, they've got to have. Well, they're running a whole analysis. channel for it, basically. Mm. I think Amazon never. Don't be wrong. I've gone back. I've gone back and watched old Top Gear, but I like it when you watch a really old. Well, you Top have to watch yeah. old enough like, that you don't remember it. Really. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, I, I, I don't I think it's, it's no secret. I think that Amazon have wildly overpaid for what it is, but they seem like you know Amazon have come out and tried to defend it multiple times already, being all like, "Yeah, these guys are expensive because they're great." I can't like, remember. I think there was a, another news story recently where Netflix were dissing how expensive something was and were saying like, "No, we didn't want it because we're, we're not going to pay that shit." And it's just, that seems to be their thing at the moment. Why does right. Netflix just diss Amazon for the obvious one, which is like, "Well, what if you don't want free delivery? Like, why can't you just buy the video <laughs> service?" Which is obviously that's my not, biggest that's not their business. Yeah. They don't know about that. They only have the statistics for watching videos, <laughs> I suppose. But you know, like that's the obvious marketing plan for Netflix, right? Because like, I don't. Like Amazon Prime and all that, and the fact that we've talked about this before, the fact that everything is bundled in and you can't choose what you want is is terrible. I mean, really? the obvious. I mean, for me, I, instead of saying yeah, it was too expensive, you know, surely Netflix would get a better like um, PR out of saying yeah, we didn't want to hire someone who might punch us in the face. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, Netflix have got fifth gear. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah, Fifty <laughs> dollar. <laughs> did you see that I don't know why this has reminded me I think it's like Channel 5 here did you see that they've got a straight up porn star in Celebrity Big Brother this year no well, that's surprising <laughs> I don't know they practically I mean, had porn stars yeah, I, mean, for, I mean for Channel 5 maybe I shouldn't be surprised but they've just gone all in this time <laughs> what they like a British one or an American one? one no no very, very famous American one Oh, what, like Jenna Jameson? One, no one would recognize it is indeed Jenna Jameson. Oh, right, okay. Well, she is sort of famous she's enough. Been an FH, she was an FHM columnist for a while. Yeah. It would have been better if it was like Ryan Jeremy. 
That would have been much better. They have got Fat Man Scoop, <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Oh, dear. But in a weird way, like, yeah, Fat Man Scoop is obviously the big win. And then they've got, and then if you start looking like at British people, it's like, well, they've got some guy who is in the bill. And then they've got one of the members of Atomic Kitten, that, that relevant girl band. Yep. <laughs> it's, um, Such yeah, relevant. one of the loose women, of course. Um, that's, that's the, the UK that's, contingent isn't very strong. That but. one's specifically there to be the counter to the porn star, basically. They wanted them to fight. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a bit too obvious, really. Wait, no, wait, but shouldn't a loose woman be okay with a porn star? You know, because of the definition of loose woman. Let's not talk about that or the actual discussion about feminists. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> what we ought to be discussing is news. Discussioning. <laughs> Because, the, because it's a podcast about discussioning. Yep, it sure is. <laughs> it's a podcast about sometimes not quite the right word. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about that fairly frequently. Yeah. It's about accidentally a word, yeah. There's no news, though. That's trouble. Yeah, um, that's what's going on? Nothing. That's what I said. Well, you Did know, you see I, that I, thing, I, Zeg, about there's a... The, Double Fine announced a, like a Metroidvania game. What? Yeah, we're, we're I like, didn't, but that's such a generic term. I was like, I, maybe I well, did, but I just didn't realize like, because it's. I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but like, hold on, Headlander. Okay, so like, Headlander. You, you detach your head. You're you're like a head in a in a like goldfish bowl style like space helmet thing, but then you could attach mm. it to various different bodies and stuff. So instead of equipment and stuff, you're like okay. attaching it to. Random. Then how does the progression system work? Like, I don't know you yet. You can't gain abilities for yourself because you need to, the bodies just have to be nearby. You unless have to discard the old abilities. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're just opening, like, I don't know, person closets that have, have random bodies in them. So you can get any so you can swap to what you want. You want. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's the idea. I don't know. But it look, has a kind of cool looking sort of retro 50s sci-fi style, or whatever, like a comic. I wonder a, a if it's comic. the same team that made the cave. I just got a suspicion about this. Mm, could be. I mean, what's his face? Ron Gilbert left after the cave, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah. So Ron Gilbert's not around, I don't think. Because I was watching that documentary, and they had the part of it was when he left. Double Fine. I don't know what he's doing now, but he seems like a weird bloke, to be honest. <laughs> not Ron Gilbert. I suppose most writers are. <laughs> I just mean in comparison. That's my, that's to my broad brushstroke for the day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be the only one, or whether it already has been the only one. No, there might be some. There might be some more. I'm just warning you now. There might be some more. What else? Okay. Headlander. That's a strange name, but is it like, yeah, like or is it going to be like the Highlander, and that there can only be one head? There can only be one. Decapitate everyone. Yep. True. So there's plenty of bodies for you. <laughs> Headlander. It may, maybe that's part of the game. Maybe when you're joining the head of the body, it goes into like a lander game. You have to land the head. Yes, yeah. the head of the body. It does fly. It does fly. Yeah, you, you well, can yes. fly your head around. Yeah. It would have to in order to get double bodies. What's this? Well, uh, you know, manage to decapitate them with another body, and they just lie on the floor, and you can roll your head into them. Oh, speaking. Of- of rolling, this is the worst segue ever, and it's not even computer games. But did you see the stupid Star Wars toys were released? 
Oh, the BB-8. Awakens. The BB-8. Yeah, oh my god. About that. The BB-8 is so kind cool, of, though. It's kind of neat that they made it plausible, I suppose, that it sort of works. We already discussed about how plausible yeah. it was. I know, but now you can like literally buy one or whatever, and it looks... Now you can buy one and take it apart and see what it actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But Someone needs to do a teardown. It's pretty cool. I looked it up, and you can order it and stuff. It's 130 quid. Uh, yeah, it's but come lot, on, that, I suppose. that's the coolest Star Wars toy. Oh, man. Yeah, it is. No, Star Wars Lego was cooler. Not sure it was oh, yeah, obviously, Star Wars, yeah. Though, was that was that R2-D2 robot that was basically a projector and a drink server. <laughs> well, this one has a kind of weird projector cool. thing where you can, like, if you look through the augmented reality of your phone or whatever, you can see it projecting messages or whatever. Yeah, that's less cool. Less cool, yeah. But it's, it's, I don't know, it's cool. Anyway, but yeah, a bunch of Lego was revealed as well. But, like, the, the, the Lego set I won at the moment, obviously. The trouble is, like, I keep looking at all the Lego and it's so cool, but where would I put that shit? I haven't, I, haven't, I don't know. It's dumb. It would be dumb to buy Star Wars toys. But they're but so cool. Put Lego anyway. Like, have you yeah. seen the, the new Slave 1? Like, that's... No. It's... it's the new Slave 1? Isn't Slave 1 Slave 1? No, no the, the new Lego, Lego set Slave of okay. Slave 1, right. which this time... You know, there have been various ones over the years, obviously, but this one is, um, you know, Ultimate Collectors bigger. or whatever. But it's, it's, yeah. it's big enough that it's actually scaled to a minifig. So, obviously, it's huge. Um, yeah. Well, not that huge, really. Slave One's a pretty goddamn small ship, really. Yeah, but comparison to like an X-wing or something, it's pretty big. Well, it's, I don't know. It's about the size not... of two Ford Transits, right? <laughs> it's, mm, it's probably not much bigger, bigger than, than an X-wing in terms of like wingspan, but in terms of like mass, it's like it's more solid. Yeah, it it's has pretty more junky. parts because it's got like quite a large like volume. Yeah, size. it's not like thin wings that just stick out. No. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, but yeah, that thing is pretty cool. But I don't know. Does, where it, have it. The, does it have like a weight in it so it, the cockpit rotates when you turn it upright? <laughs> uh, I think yeah, I did, certainly it rotates. I don't know if it's counterbalanced or though. I'll have to have a look. Mate, I don't know if it's like free. <laughs> Bring back the Lego weight block that just had a chunk of metal in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when was the last time they used one of those? <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know for the. Uh... Late Lego Arnold Schwarzenegger weightlifting muscle the muscle beach set <laughs> Lego muscle beach. The other crazy toy I saw was was a Millennium Falcon that's actually a quadcopter because it's got rotors in the body of it, so you can literally fly it around the room. Yeah, well, that's not too complicated. Probably doesn't look right though. Right? Well, yeah, it would, because yeah, because it'd be flat. Because it's got holes Although in technically, it. there's no reason the fucking Millennium Falcon has to bank. No, sure, because <laughs> it's in space. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway. Yes. Well, it depends, like, if it has to bank in order to then get the thrust to, like, because use its flatness to get enough thrusters to actually push it upwards, you know, maybe that's why they bank. Yeah, but you wouldn't do that, would you? You just, if you were designing a spaceship, like in Kerbal, you have the same amount of thrusters on every face to make it even, and they're yes, evenly yes. spaced from the centre of mass. <laughs> that's how you do it. Yes, but I suppose when you're in space, you can build whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Fly it however you want. So yeah, Star Wars toys. And Star Wars games, Battlefront. Uh, the more no... I thought about us watching Jedi, by the way, because we watched Jedi a couple yeah. of years ago. It's just not as good as Empire. It's not, no. Anyway. It's like the more I thought about it, the more I reflect on it. It's not a good film, well, in general. I, 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 it's it's like, not very well I structured. Like, it's trying to build suspense, good. but it's not really very good at it. I mean, they, really fuck it up by, it. And they fuck it up by having like four different endings or three different endings. Like, 
Or there's three things going on, three or four things going on at once, well, yeah, and you can't actually friends, concentrate. Like the three friends that are going constantly. I don't, think yeah. I don't think that's the problem. I just don't think that any one of them is that interesting, actually. I always remembered the... The space like, fight is kind of pointless. Well, they didn't, yeah, I mean, that's quite pointless. Up, that's the most pointless until, one. Because none of the characters you care fly. about are in the space fight as no, well. Like, it's just Lando. into the Death Star, which looks cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool, I mean, but the, no one you care about is in the space fight. And then, like, no. the, the Darth Vader and Luke and the Emperor bit is cool. I like that. It's just it's just split up. That's probably the, yeah, in a weird way, that's probably the best structured, other than they do... There's a little too much of the... Uh, it feels repetitious, you know, how much he yeah. says, let go of your hate. <laughs> well, yes, that build-up, where yeah. he just stands there for ages. <laughs> There's a little much of that. Um, yeah. Like, perhaps Luke should have been using the Force to, like, like just flick TIE fighters out the window or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As we discussed at the time, how far does the Force go? <laughs> yeah. How far can you feel it and all that stuff? And then after that, when we were watching... And I don't think Leia's reaction to realising... Like with the sister. I mean, I know she says it's like I've kind of always yeah. been, but you'd be like, "Holy fucking shit!" <laughs> like high five. Or yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. Maybe you'd say high five in quite a dramatic moment. <laughs> and afterwards, yeah. we started watching that the Star Wars director's cut uncut. Oh yeah, the, the sort of changes video. The, that really good one. We well, did. not that one. The the cut up one. The oh yes. Oh one. sorry. Yeah. That we one. watched what was different about the different versions because we weren't sure, just to make sure. And then we wa- started watching some of the stupid community made fifteen seconds at a time one. I think draws you in. Actually, because it's 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 built on the merit of actually in a weird way. The first film is probably the best in terms of just drawing you into its world. Right, probably. Yeah. Uh, whereas, what, uh, but that oh man, the, the insanity. Yeah. Yeah. The insanity of that 15 second cut thing, though, is just like you're just waiting <laughs> well, to see what the next cut is. Your weirdness comes up. Oh, it's great. Well, but it turns out they've, not they've done the second movie as well. Oh, have they? They've done well, Empire. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, have they? Yep. Oh, so I, I watched that. I don't think they did it as well for that one, though, because I think they, I think they sort of realized the inherent problem of that, which is that uh, there's only so many 15 ideas? second cuts. Oh, okay. So, like, naturally, not everyone's going to be able to get their thing in there because you know there's so many people that want to do it there's not going to be enough film for everyone to sure. make a part so what they did for the second film was they didn't always strictly stick to a 15 seconds so it's like oh, okay. sometimes for a 15 second segment it actually cuts between like two or three oh, for that. So, well it gets a bit quick though because sometimes you'll see you're seeing like a second or two of something you're like well, what the fuck was that <laughs> well you know actually in a way uh, that's fine like the number of like homemade cosplay ones there were in the original that you could probably just quickly cut between and not care that much about um, I, I don't think that's a problem maybe yeah um, and Jedi is still better than way better than any of the prequels so it's just the weakest of the original trilogy I still quite like Attack of the Clones I don't know. There's something about the style of that film. I think it's well made. It's it doesn't have so too much Jar Jar. And admittedly, if you take any of the Padme and like Anakin stuff out, then right. it's kind of fine. Take all of that out. Yeah. yeah. You know the, the Boba Fett stuff is cool. The you know the fight at the clone factory is kind of cool. Maybe not so much Yoda going crazy at the end, but you know. Yeah, Yoda is just. Not Yoda in in that film or in either of the today. Uh, <laughs> it's like that classic Yoda line, like around the survivors a perimeter create. <laughs> yes. 
Genius. That's how that's <laughs> Classic Yoda <that's laughs> night. Uh, anyway. Star Wars. Oh, that line. I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to pass that and be like, that's that's a Yoda way of saying that, right? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just how saying compa- say? compared to all the classic lines or whatever from Yoda from the original series. Instead, he's like some kind of military commander dude or whatever it's just like really surely, surely would have had to have been at some point maybe yeah i guess 900 year past yeah look as good you want it ah unless you just got something i would actually read every line though <laughs> oh such a wasted opportunity having Samuel L. Jackson as a Jedi, a badass Jedi, because they basically didn't use him very much and just made him no, really boring didn't. and have him like sit around complaining. Yeah, should have done a lot more. Yeah, should have done what they did in the um the, Clone well, Wars, the Samurai yeah. Jack style cartoons. Yeah, that Clone Wars cartoon was kind of cool. Damn, they're, I just seen they've just re- there's a re- Lego model of Anakin's. Uh, Starfighter from that cartoon this year. It's kind of cool. Great. So, Battlefront? Yeah, uh, no server browser, but I mean, I don't know. They could easily patch one in because it's basically Battle. Um, it's basically, uh, what's it called? <laughs> about easily. Can... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. About well, basically, what yeah. it means is they're not fully support. They're not doing the battle log thing for no. Battlefront. They might, they might do a battle log, but it won't have a server yeah. browser in it. It will probably have your stats yeah. and your loadouts. I expect probably. it will. I've, ne- yeah. I, I've got to be honest, I've never really liked the fact that Battle Log was in the browser outside of the game anyway. I, uh, yeah. A bit of me just feels like that's a... I mean, I, I guess it meant they could update it easier without mm. needing you to patch your game necessarily. But I always found that whole process unreliable at best. Like, it didn't work all the time. It didn't seem to function correctly. It would launch the game, the game would go, yeah, I'm loading, and then the game would just die randomly, and then it might not detect that for a while, and so you're sat there waiting to, before you can retry. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I get the idea, but I would have much preferred all of that stuff to have just been in the game. Like, because they must have done that stuff for the console versions to an extent, right? Like, maybe not the server browser, but Battle Log in some form must have just been in the game for the console versions. Right. How else would you have made your loadout? You know, mm, it's true. I yeah, I think it was a weirdly. I, I, I don't think it was the right decision for that game. It's nice that they tried it in a way, but the fact that they then stuck with it and it didn't improve is like, mm. mm. yeah, sorry, so good. So if this means there's none of that, <laughs> then maybe this is a good. Then maybe thing it's overall. a good thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and to be honest, like yeah, as, as, as Zach said off air, it's like if that means that there are no. Like twenty four seven servers on stupid levels that he doesn't like. Then that's fine. <laughs> it's not even necessarily that I don't like. It's just that we don't want to play one server on God, no. one battle. God damn time. I mean, yeah, I, it depends how well it's executed, right? I don't necessarily have a problem with the lack of servers if the fact that they if they're like utilizing some kind of cloud server technology, which they, you probably need for a Battlefield and Battlefront game. Like you probably can't peer to peer that very well. Um, but if they're using new dedicated like cloud stuff that most games are moving in the direction of, it, it doesn't necessarily matter that it's using matchmaking, I suppose. Yeah. But true. maybe it, it depends on well they do the skill stuff. Maybe the skill stuff will make a difference to that 
like if they do like matchmaking based on player skill, um, and you don't have any control of it and stuff, maybe that will actually pan out better than maybe the random factor you get with the Battlefield games. But yes, but team balance in Battlefield has always been the problem. Yeah. And they've never managed to... Well, they just don't bother. That's their problem. Well, they yeah. just don't bother trying to solve the problem, which we've come up with several different ways that you could help, at least. Yeah. But it's like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they've never cared, have they, in Battlefield Land? Like, people have patched auto-balance or attempted to, haven't they? Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Just like Team Fortress originally. Like, yeah. I mean, all that stuff is, Yeah, all that stuff is modding. Right? Some of it was in there, but it only through, like, really... Like weak admin commands where mm. they didn't they didn't really do what you wanted it to, but then it got implemented properly. And it's like yes, <laughs> obviously you need team scrabble and auto balance. <laughs> yeah, it's still weird how sometimes when I've been playing on Team Fortress servers, people try and vote auto balance off on servers that are like that. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't help anyone. I suppose if you're trying to play, like, if you've got enough people on your team, I guess, and you're trying to keep the team dynamic, then it's kind of annoying if one person gets shifted. Yeah, but but you can't... Team Fortress isn't a game that you can do that in. You can't have a huge number of your friends and all be on the same team. You just have to accept that you're going to fight against each other yeah. sometimes. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, even with the two of us, that happens quite frequently. <laughs> well, that's just because we forget to check what team one of us is on. It's like we oh, never no, know no. who loads first or whatever. I mean, so sometimes then, you just... Like, it, it's not uncommon, and this isn't a brag too much, it's not uncommon for us to sort of be lev- gravitating towards the top of the table when oh, yeah. it decides that we are the ones that need to be split up. Oh, yeah. And it's like, that's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to call this a bad thing right now. Uh, you know, it happened to Call of Duty a few years back, and there was a small outcry, and then everyone dealt with it. Or, you know, yeah. the COD community doesn't care that much. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's well, fine. Well, the, the thing that people were more annoyed about with the COD one was when they got when they were getting rid of dedicated servers, and that's a different issue. I don't think it. Oh, yeah, no, it did have that for a bit, didn't it? On the PC version, yeah, it had dedicated for a while. Um, and because they moved the PC version to fully matchmaking, those disappeared for a while, so it all went peer-to-peer on PC. Yeah. Um, which I think, I'm not sure is the case since Advanced Warfare. I think since that one, well, since last year's, I think everything is running on cloud-based dedicated servers anyway. I don't think they peer-to-peer or do any of that old um, finding best host stuff anymore. Because it just feels so outdated now, I suppose, that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like much better experience when you do it properly. I don't think it will matter. I think that game will be just fine. Yep. Sort of vaguely looking forward to it. I hope it's decent. But it's DICE. They, they do make good games, so I'm sure they have a ch- shot. A good shot. It's hard to think of when DICE has made a totally, utterly terrible game. Yeah. Yes, Battlefield has had its problems over the year, but they've never been, hmm. like, god-awful games, have they? No, I don't think. I think it stands a good chance of being decent. I think Battlefield 4 was a, is a, was a weak point for them. I didn't like that as much as I had some of the previous ones, but hmm. um, mainly because of map design more than anything else. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I have faith in Doug. 
Faith in Dice. Any other news? No. <laughs> None. Terra Life Beach Volleyball's come back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, There's no news of a European release, but at least in Japan it's happening. That's uh, horrifying. I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I'm more, at least, at least, like, surprising that it's still a thing. I guess. What I'm annoyed about is like with Dead or Alive Beach, Vol- Beach Volleyball, it's great because I can just not buy that and never play it. <laughs> but with like the new Metal Gear game, it's like that game looks awesome. But like, why do I have to buy a game that has a ridiculous booby lady in that can't speak and has the stupidest explanation for why she wears absolutely nothing at all I've ever heard in my life? It's not as bad as them then making the uh, um, the squishy boob. Um, <laughs> yeah, action yeah, figure. action figure. Yeah, but I mean, I'm that's okay because I can just not buy that or not care that that exists or whatever because <laughs> it's like Japan right, yeah. or whatever. But this is like this game. In looks fairness, true. I'm excited about playing this game, and it has to have this 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 ridiculous like sexist thing in it. Spoiler alert: You don't have to use her. No, you can use a horse instead. <laughs> so yes. I think I'll do that. I'll use the D horse or the D walker and not or, the D booby lady. <laughs> The mini Metal Gear thing. Apparently she's really useful, though, because if you upgrade her, she's a really good yeah. sniper or whatever. I've but... seen some cool stuff about the boss, because she's, again, spoiler alert, warning, yeah. warning, warning. She's a boss fight at one point. Oh, is she? Great. Um, okay. Well. I... And I've seen some cool mechanics regarding okay. that fight, regarding the you know the open-worldness of their systems, allow for some neat tactics. Man, I can't wait. <laughs> this game is going to be cool. I'm definitely going to play this shit. But yeah, I'm annoyed <gasps> See, about is... Qu- I'm annoyed about Quiet. <laughs> Because, like, I'm, I'm, it's so stupid. Do you know what the explanation is? Have you heard the dumbness? You know what? I don't care. It's Metal Gear. Metal Gear is supposed to be crazy. If you want to yeah. put a crazy, scantily clad booby sniper into the game, I'm all for well, that. you remember how, ridic- how, how ridiculous it was when you got to that one in four, the, wo- the woman up in that tower or whatever, and we were like, what the fuck is going on <laughs> with this woman? Woman in the tower. Uh, was that not the, the was that the sniper challenge? Because the sniper challenge in Metal Gear Four was hard because she could well or he I can't remember who it was. They could apparently smell based on the wind, so you always had to be downwind <laughs> of her, which was really was hard. <laughs> I don't really remember much about it. I just saw you playing this boss, and we, and we were both like, "This is really dumb." <laughs> and that was that was Metal Gear Solid Four, so of course it was. Is that the one with the nano machine? Well, no, <laughs> specific. Yeah. It was, I don't think it was against a lady. There was a lady on your chat at one point during that, which is really frustrating. Um, that was the bit I think I've talked about before where you had to like inject the guy with nano machines once you like stunned him. <laughs> Except all, everyone on your chat is going, hit him with the nano machines. And it's like, yes, I figured this out like four attempts ago. And you, now you're just telling me what I have to do outright. I still can't do it. So it just sounds like the end of Sonic Generations. What, him with the nano machines? Yeah, that last boss where. Literally every character that you've rescued is um, saying what you have to do over and over. And yeah. all, every character takes a turn to say the dumb thing where it's like, yes, I know, that's how this boss works. It's really obvious. <laughs> you don't have to tell me that I'm supersonic and I have to ram into it. That's how this <laughs> always works. That's how supersonic <laughs> works. Attack thing with face. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the lead. Like, I think I've forgotten a lot of Metal Gear 4 <laughs> because it is just so much of it. Yeah, there's a lot of it. I'm a, I mean, I'm in I'm in two minds about Metal Gear. I think if I 
uh, the problem I had with Ground Zeroes, as I mentioned before, was that I, I, like most stealth games, I find stealth mechanics difficult um, and yeah. just not not a great deal of fun. Like, yeah, it's not your if, thing. Yeah, if you get spot from somewhere that you just had no idea that there was a guy there, that is the the shittiest feeling. It's just like, oh, right. fuck, seriously, why is there a guy there? How did I not see that guy that is right next to me or something? I was like, why was there no clue? Um, or how did I not get him when I was doing my like binocular pass earlier? Um, even if you do it with the most cautious manner possible when something still fucks up, that is the worst feeling when that happens. Um, and that happened a lot in Ground Zeroes. And, I was, and then the game encourages you to be non-lethal. So I'm trying not to get detected and try and be non-lethal the entire time. And that's just a zero fun way to play that game. I don't know. I didn't... Because I'm restarting every time I get detected. I'm And detection is a real bastard in that game. Right. Like, it takes a long time for the alert status to disappear. And they will chase you. And they will find you. Hiding is hard. Um, Unless you just, and but then maybe the flip side to that is, is maybe I shouldn't care, and I should just get my gun out and start killing dudes until I mean, there are no do. more dudes to come find me, which you can do. Apparently, but, the shooting mechanics are quite good, at least in yeah, no, they, they felt fine. But at the, at the same time, it's just like the game, like at least in Ground Zeroes, maybe this won't be necessarily true of the of you know plot progression or the main campaign mode in uh, full on five, but. Like, you know, at the end of the mission, it was just like, yeah, you killed these dudes. I'm going to decrease your rank because you killed dudes. And it's just like, well, fuck you. I had to kill dudes. And Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. it shouldn't punish I don't you know, for it's, wanting it's to play that like, way. Yeah, I don't know. There were, there were things like that that just made me sort of like, well, okay, fine. I know it's harder to play it this way, but you kind of left me no choice in this scenario. I hadn't, I, there's not a lot I could do about it. Because I didn't know it was coming, and you know, maybe if I was super hardcore, you'd learn where everyone was, and you'd learn how to do the the level with the optimum route, not being spotted once, or like taking down the fewest amount of guys, and like. But that it felt it, that game felt like I needed to learn where things were, rather than right. being a stealth guy and figuring it out as I go. I don't know. It it rubbed me up the wrong way, and then, and from what I've been hearing, well, what everyone's been saying, like uh, I've been saying, like some of the story stuff in Metal Gear Solid Five, it, just, it doesn't go to the same places that previous Metal Gears have, and that's right. been the draw for me. The craziness, the craziness of Metal Gear has been right. the draw because that puts like, me off. Like honestly, the craziness, like it, I don't understand. I like I've got no problem with crazy anime-ness really at all i like that kind of stuff and but i don't understand how it meshes with like modern military like that doesn't seem like you know it doesn't <laughs> it's all yeah nonsense, it doesn't it yeah. doesn't yeah and and it's like why that that was the thing about spinter cell whatever it's like some of it felt like quite cool i mean obviously it's not real or whatever but at least they go to some way to make it feel like oh you're a real un, you know agency that's of the of the u.s government like it's like torn from the headlines type stuff or whatever and it's like this is the behind the scenes stuff of what's really happening and all these <laughs> war hotspots and stuff all over the world and in the news and stuff or whatever it, it made it like like you know like tom clancy basically mm. it is tom clancy right which is meant to be like real ish isn't it tom clancy whereas metal gear is like totally it it combines that of like having 
real guns and real helicopters and you're really in Afghanistan in the 1980s where the Soviet invasion and everything, all that real world stuff mm. completely mashes it together with a load of batshit insane anime stuff. Like where there's like nanomachines in the 60s or whatever and nuclear walking tanks in the like 1950s um, or something. And it's like, what the hologram. fuck? <laughs> I mean, if you play Ground Zeroes, your map is a hologram, you know, that kind of Yeah, stuff. exactly. It's like... And it's set in 1975, isn't it? I mean, what's going on? Yeah. It is nuts. Don't get me wrong. It is nuts. And if they just went in a, in a weird way, if they doubled down on their alternative technology route, then that's fine. And to to some extent, they do. Um, I mean, you could argue that if you were playing Metal Gear Solid, the first one in the series, that actually they pulled that off quite well. Yeah. And it's only because of like time moving and them trying to fill in the gaps in their story that it's kind of that all it's gone insane. Apart, right. Yeah. Um, because they had these ties to real world events, and that maybe they, if they just created an entire alternate history, things would have been better. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's probably true, but. Come on, man. There's a guy that shits his pants and there's a, he- and there's a guy that has a haircut like like the exclamation mark symbol in the Metal Gear 4. <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, but it's just totally <laughs> mental. But like, anyway, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to play it because <laughs> the actual stealth stuff looks freaking good. And like, the- I think I kind of want to give it a playthrough, but I'm go- I, I'm going to have to get over this whole... Like play well, it, it sounds like the stuff thing. that the stuff if that I you don't like is exactly through. the stuff I'm excited about. Really, all yeah. that the actual the actual stealth gameplay I'm more interested in than the crazy story. Although I'm going to give the get the crazy story a try because like that it obviously it's a, like a rabbit hole where if you start like looking up characters from Metal Gear, you're going to be there for like yeah. days on freaking wiki yeah. pages going what and what and who who's this guy and who does he turn into and what the fuck happened I, in I, that game and. I think if I was going to enjoy that game, I would have to let go of my, uh, my, my the fact that the game has already encouraged me to play in a certain way. So I feel like I should play that way. Yeah, I need. To, I would need to somehow break out of that. Well, the uh, thing is, it is clearly which is harder than it sounds. It clearly is encouraging non-lethal because it wants you to just collect everything, including people, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I always used to play like Smithsell games non-lethal, just out of because it's more challenging and weirdly ethical, like the, the whole, what's it, um, yeah, it feels, ghost it's type thing. It feels, yeah. feels good when you achieve it. But it's fucking hard to do. I wouldn't yeah. mind a stealth game where there was no... I, I'd quite like a stealth game where it was like, yeah, kill everyone, um, but still not be detected, and there's no like That's advantage to be. kind of Hitman, isn't it? Right, like, In yeah, a way, exactly. that is Hitman. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. Because like, Deus Ex, I kind of automatically go non-lethal. Because it has all this moralizing and stuff in it, I guess. Mm. Well, not too much. It's not too heavy-handed. It doesn't punish you for being... I mean, Deus Ex Well, no, that's, good... that's the odd thing about... Yeah, in a weird way, that's the thing about Metal Gear, that it actually, like, story-wise, does. doesn't matter. No. Apart from this ranking system. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Like, it's yeah. Because like a... Deus Ex, like, was, characters fairness, treat you differently through... based on yeah. whether or not you're killing people all the time and stuff, at least to a certain extent. Whereas in Metal Gear, it's not going to have no effect at all, whether you, apart from to your actual score. Because I basically got through Metal Gear 4 by trying to be perfect stealth until the shit hit the fan. Right. And then if something went wrong and you'd basically end up with a, like a line of enemies walking in front of you, then I would just get a gun out and, and mow them down. It. Yeah. Because it just got too frustrating after a while to be to try and perfect perfect run everything. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, you know what? I, like, I've created a situation. I'm going to get my gun. Anyone that walks in front of me is going to die. Yeah, and then I'd be all like, 
you know, I, I might retry it a few times to try and not do that. But after a while, you just think, ugh, I just want to progress this, man. I've been stuck here for ages and it's like, I'm not enjoying trying to do this. So I'm just going to kill everyone and move on. And the game's like, yeah, that's totally cool. And I'm like, all right then. And after a while, you just get into that habit of being like, well, yeah. I'll try and stealth it, but if it goes wrong, who cares? Okay, yeah. Whereas, I, you know, it is quite harsh with that stuff in that it's realistic in the sense that if stuff does go down, you're not that, you're not a super soldier. No. Well, that. you sort of are, but yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, in the same way, you are quite vulnerable compared to, you know, most games, I compared guess. Compared to Master Chief, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's one I'm going to beeline for, but I will play if it comes my way. I think I've got, I've got to go for it. I mean, I was sort of, I'm sort of deciding on the next big game between that and maybe Witcher 3, but I think I'm going to go for Metal Gear for the time being. Fair enough. Or at least I've got at least I've got this little um, prologue in the form of Ground Zeroes to play first and see if I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's quite. You can do the main story mission in, as I say, less than two hours. Yeah, I think I might Grand just Zero. do that and like so, rather than try and do everything in Ground Zeroes, I might just go, okay, that's the story in that, and then move on to the main game. Well, when I started like reading up on what the actual things you are you have to do to get like more of the completion statistics yeah. and things in that game, that does get a little nuts. Right, like you know, one of the um, one of the things is there's these uh, oh, I don't think that they're, they're not fox, they're zoff patches. Yep, zoff, that's right. Yeah, uh, uh, about the about the world, and you have to get all of them in one run. Like, yeah. so you have to pick a mission on which you think you can do it, um, and then in that mission, go and pick all of them up right. or something. And uh, it's the point where the game starts doing what is admittedly very cool stuff, but stuff you might not think about. In that, apparently, if you look very carefully, like spo- again, slight spoiler alert if you're trying to figure this stuff out in Ground Zeroes, if you look at Snake's model, like or Big Boss's model, whatever you want to call him, if you mm-hmm. um get the camera at just the right position, you can see one of the patches has actually sort of tucked itself into your outfit. So in order to collect the patch, you have to roll around for a while until, until it falls out. falls out and then, and then pick, pick it, it up. Nice. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I love this game. It's so stupid. Uh, and then you go and read out about where some of the other ones are. Like they could be on top of buildings and things you might never, places <laughs> you probably would never go and things like that. And you're just yeah. like, what? The, what? No, yeah, I'm not going to no. play the game that way. Sorry. No. There, there'll be enough of there'll be there's tons like Metal Gear, you know Ground Zeroes is two hours or whatever mainline story but Phantom Pain is like long I get the impression yeah Ground so, Zeroes is built for yeah. crazies yeah honestly Ground Zero is built for crazies which is weird that you know given from the Metal Gear perspective and the people that like it and the storyline itself it's like the actual gameplay of Ground Zero is made for obsessive compulsives <laughs> whereas like I'm kind of hoping I don't need to do any of that stuff. No, I don't think you would. Yeah. Or well, it's probably there, but you'd probably get plenty out of it. It would probably only that. bother you, I suppose, if you were trying to go Chivo hunting, in yeah. which case that is probably going to be the worst game for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. Just, yeah. Play it through however you want. Would be my advice. Right. Shall we move on to what you've actually been playing? Uh, anyone there? Like potentially uh, Zachary Burgess, who hasn't been talking. Zach has no opinion on the Metal Gear. No, none at all. I'm good, probably going to be playing it for months, so <laughs> you'll hear plenty more about it. As you do. You know, I was thinking about. I was thinking about 
I don't know what I was exactly thinking about, but it, I was just thinking about how I maybe I just don't like third-person games. Yeah. It's like a weird distinction. You like the Mass Effect. Well, I haven't played yeah, Mass Effect 3, really. which is, which is <laughs> <Yeah>. one something. <laughs> I've only played two out of three. Mm. And Mass Effect 1, you might say, had such a weird system that it was barely a third-person shooter by the classical sense. It was such an no. early version of it that it was like it felt really weird because you weren't really... It was more of an RPG than a shooter. Well, I guess. Arguably, yeah. But they were going they were more going for that mishmash of genres, I think, than they went with the later ones. Well yeah, obviously. The two by two actually felt better as a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> but then maybe too much. Because then you did a lot more shooting. Yeah. Was, there was <laughs> definitely more of a shooter at that point. So yeah, I was thinking about maybe I just don't like third person games in general, but I don't know. They've never stuck with me so far, apart from Mass Wave. That's it. You never played Uncharted either, did you? Well, no. I didn't play any console stuff apart from Mass Wave, technically. Before that came out on PC anyway. I'll play in, I've got to play Slaved at some point, which I'm hoping will be right. Third-person adventure game, come on. Well, maybe for adventure games. But it's sort of adventure. I mean, there's, there's combat in there, there? Of some kind, yeah. I don't know enough about it's that. It's probably right? Batman-esque before Batman. Yeah, maybe. Ninja Fury, come on. It'll be good. So yeah, I mean, I haven't been playing very much, really. I continue to play some Industry Giant when I could be bothered to go through the slight rigmarole of having to set my NVIDIA control panel settings to actually make it run in the crypt resolution and all that. <laughs> How is German's Industry Simulator? Yep, <laughs> I finished all the missions, so cool. that's good, I guess. Mm. There's some of those missions, some of the missions in the hard tier get slightly annoying in that, like, they set you goals that you can't really see very easily. Like, there's one mission where you, it's like your turnover has to increase by 5% per year, and the only way you can see that is by looking at, like, your balance sheet and be like, okay, what? how much turnover did I make last year? How much turnover did I make this year? But that, you can't really precisely control what you're doing enough to actually do that very easily. It's a bit like that Tetris Grandmaster mode or something where you have to, like, you know, you have to complete each section a certain number of seconds faster than the last section you did. <laughs> so actually, the trick to it is to start really purposefully start, start shit, yeah, yeah, and then get better. <laughs> yeah, because it's like an industry giant become, become, comes to the point where it's like you can't really control it precisely enough, so you just basically, you're sort of like, I have to just introduce a new product every year, and that mm-hmm. is approximately sufficient. But then, of course, that is like, over time, that becomes more of a struggle, because it's 5% of what you did last year. So yeah, it's so always a bigger 5%, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, by the time I got to the end of that mission, it's like, oh, I'm probably not going to make the last year unless I introduce two products. <laughs> Final look for it. And, you know, so then you're having to, like, reload because you're like, at the end of the year, the box comes up and it says, it's just like, you failed. And you're like, well, I guess I just reload to the start of that year and try again. <laughs> well, could you start... Like, if you realise you're going more than 5%, start building for next year's thing. Yeah, you to do. Try and well, I mean, you, to some extent, you, especially on that mission, you have to, like, do that anyway because the transport routes are quite long. So in order for the actual... You have to build stuff, like, midway through the previous year so it even starts getting sold by the start of the next year. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, that kind of kind of sucks because it's just like there's no, not really any way you can you would want better, manage that. You want better statistical tools to sort of see what's going I on. Mean, arguably, you could like 
because you can adjust like the prices products sell for and stuff. Mm. You make them maybe jiff it slightly. Like if you sold every product at minimum price on the first year and then maximum price on the second, maybe you could get like an extra year's worth of out of that product. Okay, <laughs> just by just by like adjusting it. Although I'm not sure, maybe that that probably doesn't affect turnover because turnover is different from profit. It's like turnover is just like how much product you sold, but it's still as a value. I'm not sure whether that's affected by the actual value that you sell it at because profit is takes into account like how much the manufacturing costs, but sure. I'm not sure whether... Yeah, turnover would be like your net as opposed to your gross, I guess. Yeah. Like it, it, it Excluding net from... Well, I know that is, that's not even the right phrase, is it? Like, I, I, I've heard these things, those terms used before regarding manufacturing, like, oh, your net price is this, and oh, your gross is actually your profit. And it's like, well, no, that's... But then aren't those phrases really used for tax purposes? I get, really, I get real confused. <laughs> well, that's business yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. I know the tax stuff. I have to work with the tax stuff, but like manufacturing side of that, I'm not sure that's. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And then I started playing an endless game, which has the it, like. It has basically three tier, three goals, and then if you complete each of the individual goals, you get like a bronze, silver, and gold medal for doing one or two or three before okay. you run out of time. Even though it's an endless game, so you can continue after the time limit. But there is a like an achievement boundary, effectively. Yeah. But the trouble, the thing about that is that I sent it to the hardest setting just to see see what it was like, and it's the the, the free goals maybe intentionally because it's like bronze, silver, and gold, and that sort of inherently makes you think that they're more or less difficult, even mm. though it's just like free free steps. Mm. It's not like free steps, really. It's like three different things because it's like like one of them is. Four hundred uh, forty million turnover, mm. and that's really easy because you just you're just making stuff. Okay, and then, then the second one is like your company value goes up to a billion, and that's just like waiting because <laughs> <laughs> right. you're already making forty million in turnover a year. So that's just like, well, I'm just waiting for some number of years, and then I'll have a million because <laughs> like company value isn't. That's just everything you own, and that's bound to go up as you just have more money. I guess. Because you're making profit, because that's the whole way of the game. And then the third goal... But I suppose, yeah, the trick is the time limit. Well, yeah, to some extent. I didn't find it difficult to do either of those. And then the third goal is you get to build your, like, mansion up. And to do that, you get luxury points in your budget at the end of every year. You get a certain number of points. And that's based on, like... Basically, it's based on everything, but then the, the amount of points you get is dependent on, you know, how well you've done that year. So, like, you get points for your profit growth, you get points for your turnover growth, you lose points if you've got factories next to cities, and you gain points if you've donated charity buildings to the city or whatever. Hmm. And it's like, that's slightly more difficult, but again, it like, the main thing that affects those points is the profit and turnover growth, and you can't really control that very well, and to some extent, when you're playing in the endless mode if you've got the setting for like random economic fluctuations that's not even in your control at that point it's like oh the, the economy downturned so of course my profit growth has gone incredibly down this year so I'm going to lose a bunch of luxury points because it goes into the negative because <laughs> right. my turnover thing, my turnover went down because the economy cut shit <laughs> not my fault so what does hard mode actually do to this then like, compared to the easy mode I think it just makes the numbers bigger like what, for the, the for billion the boundaries, and like you have to upgrade your luxury house all the way instead of part of the way, yeah, whatever. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, I've nearly finished. I've nearly finished that like that endless game essentially. 
I've only got to do the last upgrade to the luxury building, and then I will win. And then does that mean you've hundred percented industry drown? Well, I could do that on every level, I guess. Oh, okay. Because I'm only playing on one of the maps, obviously. But you know, I started on like a really, I started a small map, and it's like it's way too small. What you couldn't fit what you wanted on it. Okay. Well, it's, to a certain extent, it it's a problem that I've had with all all kinds of games, like even transport taken and stuff. It's like. There comes a point where the minimum distance kind of makes it dumb and you're having to cram everything in too much. And then it also, like, it just seems dumb. Like, I'm building a train line that only goes, like, down the street. But if I did it with, if I did it with cars, it wouldn't actually be efficient enough because I don't actually have enough capacity with cars. So I have to do it with a train. But it's a really tiny train <laughs> that just goes down the road, except the scale is wrong because obviously the scale is wrong in all those games. Yeah, there's a weird... Well, because the problem with those games, in a way, is that because the cost of building and running your railway isn't accurate, you know, compared to the cost of building and running trucks. Yeah, is it like like that's it's where like those... trucks are always cheap. Yeah, build another <laughs> like... truck. Uh, that's where the 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 I guess the the economy aspect of those games, or the fact that you're building railway lines just for yourself, kind of falls down a little bit because yeah, because yeah. you don't just build a fucking railway. That's well expensive. <laughs> yeah, not for like well, not unless you're like. You don't have a railway for yourself most of the time. No. You'd like government subsidy or whatever. You open the line up because it's part of a national route. <laughs> or if you're like, you know, or an in, you might have an internal like rail system, I don't know, for pushing little carts around, yes. know, like a mine. Or you, don't just, you, you, you don't get to choose where the railway goes most of the time. You build yeah. a factory next to a railway that's already there and yeah. then just have a loading area. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, that is a little weird. That maybe some of that can be addressed by just changing the values of things yeah. in those games. But and then the other trouble with Industry Giant when when you're operating on a small map really is is that you don't. Well, it's not even just related to the small map, but the, having a really small map does kind of exacerbate it a bit. Is that you don't have you don't have the precise like layout control that you do in like Transport Taking or Coon or whatever. It's like when you can you can have a train station that has two rail two station platforms, mm -hmm. I guess. And it has like two rails coming out of each end. And obviously in order to maximize the flow you want an out rail and an in rail, because that's just how railways should work. I guess. <laughs> you want an outbound rail and an inbound rail, and then the trains going in different directions on each rail, so they don't overlap, which in industry giant just makes them overlap and they just slow down while they're passing through each other. Oh, okay. That's how that's represented. There's no there's no collision. No. <laughs> Unlike Transport Tycoon. But you can have this two, two lane station and you can upgrade it to a six lane, but it still always only has two input rails. And uh, yeah. that, uh, that's only really useful for loading. It's like unloading, you're never going to actually get trains to go in fast enough that they'll use more than two or maybe three lines. Mm -hmm. So you might as well never upgrade your unloading stations because that doesn't actually help your capacity because of the way they wait for the train going in, even though they're going in the same direction. They have to wait for it to they have to wait for it to go in from the entry line down to the bottom platform, and then that's still blocking the entry line. <laughs> it's not actually allowing them to get to those other five platforms any quicker. Weird. So it's I'm like, not sure I fully understand, but weird. <laughs> Yeah, it does that doesn't actually help to upgrade like your unloading. It helps for loading, mainly mainly not for the speed of loading, but more for like if you're doing 
lots of different products that you might be producing at different rates and you don't want a train that's waiting to get full blocking a train that might be able to get full quicker from being there. So that's why you have more platforms. But then that kind of limits how many products you can run at one station. Because you're like, I've got six platforms, but if I have more than six trains that are waiting at once, and then this seventh train that's got a product that's being made quicker and queues up, then, oh shit. <laughs> it's affecting your efficiency. So then you so, might as well just build another station. Because hmm. that is one thing that... If you do, go, do, games like this, do games like this need a scheduler? So you can start planning like how often things go. And... Well, I mean, that was one of the... One of the advanced features of Transport Tycoon that I never did actually end up really use is you can schedule like actual on based on time. Like you can say, because the way it did it is you'd, you'd set up a route and you set the train to go along it. And while it was doing that, it would record how long it took to do it. And from that, it would create like a default schedule. And then you'd, you'd go in and be like, I want you to wait an extra 30 seconds at this station so that you're there for longer. So you so adjusted the times of so the actual route. Didn't you have like a, like an option to wait until fully loaded? Well, yeah, you had that as well. Yeah. But that kind of messed with the scheduling in a different course, way because you had yeah, to make sure un- your production was always up yeah, to speed. Yeah, it, it might be mildly unpredictable. Yeah. So I never really used that. <laughs> I didn't really see the point of doing that when you could just use like wait until full and all that kind of stuff. The scheduling was a bit weird. And the only real reason to use it was if you were doing it on buses, you could, because of the way, like, wait until full and, like, vehicle queuing and stuff worked, you, you could use the schedule to make sure your buses were always spread out. Okay, so, that, like, yeah. there was always a bus arriving at each station, and then they'd spread out evenly around the route. Like, because sometimes, you know, they'd have to go for repairs, so that would take them out of the route, and sometimes that would cause them to all bunch up eventually. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't as good. You needed them to actually spread back out using their schedule. <laughs> so not actually very helpful. I mean, another trick. <laughs> yes, always. That was that's that's why Industry Giant was an old game. It's a not. It was actually well newer than Transport Tycoon. <laughs> yeah, it's a it does. Yeah, it's quite, I forget what was the what is the difference must have been. It's quite significant though, isn't it? Like five, ten years. Yeah, probably. At least, I would guess at least five. I'd probably guess original Transport Tycoon would have been a ninety-five-ish kind of game. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Not that original Transport Tycoon had everything that Open Transport Tycoon had. Yeah. I mean, I don't think schedules were in the original, and then obviously all the ridiculously advanced signalling that they in- implemented in the Open oh, Transport sure. Tycoon. Yeah. I mean, there was signalling, and it was fairly advanced, but it wasn't as ridiculous as it got. So if you had to pick one industry uh, simulation game, is it still Open TDD? Well, yeah, but Open TDD is a fair comparison because that's almost like a modern one now. Yes, yeah, with all the so actual updates. All right, right. <laughs> if you if you were to use original TTD, which you know, why would you at this point? Because Open's about yeah. Um, versus Industry Giant Two. Well, I think it still has to be Open. Uh, it still has to be TTD just because it had. Yeah, had randomization. That's really why that game succeeds in the long term. Sure. Well, the levels aren't levels. Yeah. I mean, it had... I'm trying to think if it did actually have... Yeah, because it had... Obviously, you have scenarios. I think those were in the original game. And and it had pre-made maps. 
like you could load a specific map. Yeah. And oh, it sure. Yeah. Be laid out in a so way. So which one? Which one of them was it that had town? The towns developed themselves based on what you were doing. Was it both? Both of them. Both. Okay. It's not quite so. It's more advanced in Transport Tycoon, I would say, because it's like you needed to deliver passengers, so you needed oh, bus yes, routes yeah, yeah. to make them grow faster, or goods if you were running the train, mm. good trains, and that made them grow faster. And then, like each individual type of building had a specific amount of demand. So it's like if you started getting more office buildings, that would increase the demand for goods. Okay. Rather than in industry jam where it's just like, as long as you don't have factories near the towns and you do donate charitable buildings and shops, then that makes them grow quicker. <laughs> then me wonders if like, because games like that are, are, are kind of dead in a way, right? Like with the possible exception of like the, the city builder maybe making a comeback thanks well, to Skylines. And, and maybe Rollercoaster Tycoon making a comeback yeah. in two different forms. Like, a bit of me wonders if they could, like, do they count effectively in some ways as educational games because they sort of require a, a style of thinking that no other game really does? Right? Those, those, <laughs> those simulations... Those, educational games. Well, I don't know, but like, in, not necessarily educational in the traditional sense, but at least in terms of like flexing your muscles and thinking about problems. Your, your, your brain muscles, I suppose. It's just like logistics. Thinking out problems. and I don't know, I'm just sort of... Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm just spitballing an idea in my head that, you know, I wonder if... I wonder if the youth of the day of today is missing out slightly because of we ended up playing quite a lot of these games because they were kind of in and kind of new and kind of innovative well, as we, we were kids. As we were well aware, all old games are better. <laughs> <laughs> like Settlers 2 is well better than any Settlers after that. <laughs> sure. And even though they made up to like seven or whatever, it's like, fuck all of those. <laughs> Two is still the best. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sort of modern simulation management game is not a theme hospital. Theme ho- just always, just always play theme hospital. There you go. There's an open theme hospital, isn't there, or the equivalent? I'm not sure it's officially open. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't think. I don't think EA ever. That would be good e- though. If think- you could make it remake theme hospital. And- Fix a few of its problems and like more levels. I thought they, <laughs> I I thought they just had doing done a rip off. Yeah, has anyone tried just doing a theme hospital rip off? I remember there being a, a hospital management game that was a lot like theme hospital, but I remember it being bad. Mm. <laughs> it looked more like The Sims. It had like realistic looking people. I thought I saw that someone had rebuilt it from the ground up with the same you know assets and everything, but totally rewritten engine or whatever. Mm. Like that can't be allowed technically because well, no. EA still has well, rights know. on it, and they're still very, uh, you know, you still have to buy it off Origin. Yeah, right. Unless it's free. Unless you caught, yeah, <laughs> caught it when it was one their their month deal, like the the on the house deal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's like Rumble Case Tycoon is the only game like along those lines I can think of at the moment because the only other games that are like that. Now, are, are what you'd more call puzzle games. I mean, like mm. Infinity Factory and Big Pharma and stuff. To a lesser extent, Scream Ride. <laughs> yeah, sort. But they're like it's it's still logistics to some extent. You're moving shit around, mm. but that's like it's a puzzle of how to do it. Not you're not just trying to make profit. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. I mean, yes, you're trying to make profit in Big Pharma, but that's part of the puzzle. <laughs> 
agriculture sim. According to Google, it is called Corsix TH. But you need, like, a copy of the original game. Well, yeah, that was how OpenTTD worked originally, I guess. Yeah. It's like like an asset mod in a way. Like, they take all the assets, but there's a new engine. New engine, yeah. But you you need the asset, the original asset files to work. Yep. Sounds a bit like emulation in a way. You need a BIOS in order to make certain emulators work, but the BIOS is technically the illegal bit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of sucks. I was looking at the roller coaster tycoon thing. I I remembered that that was happening at some point recently. I was like, oh yeah, that roller coaster tycoon thing. Mm. I think it was because it was on a Steam list. Because I was looking at the one on Steam, and I was, you know, it's a roller coaster tycoon and all that. And I looked at it, and I was like, this isn't the one that I was thinking of. Because I was thinking of the other one, the one that's not official roller (laughs) coaster, the one that's. More made by people who are part of Roller Coaster Tycoon, but oh, not officially sure. Roller Coaster Tycoon, because that one's being made by Atari, who still owned the license. I was about to say, you didn't. <laughs> is, is it. Wasn't that canned, or did Chris. Which one was. Because Chris Sawyer got involved with one of these new projects at one point, didn't he? Well, or there was, was that, the was fake Roller like... Coaster Tycoon 4. Yeah. That they said was Chris Sawyer, but it wasn't. It was just a dumb fake. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's the actual. People who were semi involved with Roller Coaster Tycoon making their one, and then Atari are making one called Roller Coaster Tycoon. Right. And it's like, that's so well we, confusing. So there's actually two. Yeah, there's two Roller Coaster Tycoons coming. Oh, blimey. <laughs> but the one that I was thinking of, the one that wasn't Atari, they haven't really said anything about it recently. They're just working on it. Fine. So I was kind of disappointed. The Atari one, I think, is meant to come out this year. So. <laughs> Okay. They're getting ahead of them. Yeah. I haven't heard anything from it, so chances are I would bet that doesn't come out this year. I would bet it's not good. <laughs> I would bet that they're just trying to milk it and it's they're rushing it out and it's going to be kind of shitty. Just like we've got this IP, people are somewhat nostalgic for it. Steam seems to be doing alright at reboots of yeah, things. Shit. Let's let's have a go. And it's Atari, I mean what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they're barely a company at this point. Yeah, that's true. Until they license Centipede out to someone again. Yeah, exactly. Atari, Atari didn't have the license originally, did they? Or has it always been an Atari IP? What? Like, Roller coaster. Like mm, I, was it Sierra before or something? No, it wasn't Sierra. I think it was self-published. No, oh, really? I don't remember. It might have been Interplay? Or oh, Infogrames? Or Infogrames. Unlike Ubisoft, though. Didn't that become Ubisoft? Well, I think whatever it was, it was like it was. Oh no! Wait, or did they become Midway? So they might have got sold off. <laughs> but it was bought by Atari at some point. I'm, you know, I'm sure it was Atari originally. That's that's certain. Like many of those old games, where it's just like somehow they've all amalgamated under Atari or Take Two or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Deep Silver. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. It says Microprose. Wow. Microprose, yeah, that's right. Oh, those guys, wow. It's a flashback. <laughs> the guys they that made, made Falcon 3.0, didn't they? <laughs> Grand Prix. Yes, F1 games. For some reason. That's what, that's what I always remember them for. Yeah, Grand Prix and Grand Prix 2. Yeah. Who made 3 Ultra Mini Golf? That was Sierra, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> ba 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 Which they still make every now and then. Yeah. Well, Weirdly. Sort of. Yeah. 
I'll use the name anyway. I don't know why people haven't tried to make more, like indie. I mean, I guess there have been a few. Well, because golf is like the lowest common, like in terms of programming, right? There isn't, yeah, like mini golf is like probably one of the easiest things to make. It's really easy, but you could make it so cool. Ba da da da. Well, yeah, you just perhaps can't do what they did with 3D Ultra Mini Golf again. We have every hole, we have a different announcer and different music and different. Yeah, you could. It's like recently there was that, the, the one that I remembered when I said that, there, that no one was really doing that was they did do that. The steampunk airship mini golf game, whatever that's called, vertical golf or something. Oh, yeah. Where you're flo- like floating in the sky. Yeah. That was a pretty cool looking kind of mini golf thing. So I guess people are doing it. Vertiginous golf? Vertiginous golf, yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> How's been playing? Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I, it's like, <laughs> You've just been entirely in this industry giant hole. Well, no, because I haven't been playing it that much. I haven't... The trouble with it is that, like, when I start playing it, I want to commit just to avoid that inconvenience of having to change my graphical settings. It's like, <laughs> right. once I've changed them, I, it's like, I'll minimize the industry giant folder, because I'm like, we're going to have to play this again. Or, or, it's like, I have minimized the industry giant folder and the NVIDIA control panel. It's like, I have to keep them there because either I'm going to go and play more Industry Giant or I'm going to have to change this setting back and then not play Industry Giant for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like I don't think I've been playing that that much. And you would like like me and my setup then when I'm trying to send a game to the telly though and I have to go manipulate my settings to get all that to work. Well, no, it? that's fine for like doing it on the telly because then you're using a controller and it's like a completely separate thing anyway. That's right. like going and turning on a console, really. You saw. <laughs> Oh man, I accidentally clicked on the big button, big picture button on Steam again today. Yeah. And continue to be annoyed by that. <laughs> it's right next to minimize! <laughs> the opposite of big. But then so is maximize, which is also next to minimize. <laughs> yes, but if you hit maximize, it's significantly less annoying to unfuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than waiting I for the I kind of missed the old board. giant beta button, to be honest. It was just like big picture and it's a massive fucking button. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't. I can't really think of what else I've been doing apart from I did play some Sea Fortress. I guess I've gone back to that a bit more than usual recently. Fair enough. It's stable now again, though, right? Yeah, I mean, not not really too much has been different. I still haven't really fully understood what the changes are. Mainly, it's like I haven't really fully understood the changes for a class that I don't play. Which is mainly obvious, but I haven't really still fully got my head around what parts have changed. What about the spy? Because mm. it's like the the icicle always gave you fire resistance. Yeah, but it melts when you hit them with it, so they can't use it for a few seconds, and that's you know that's the balance. Mm. Although I always hated that. Yeah, I know it's like. <laughs> but the trouble with that is now that I'm not sure whether it's just to do with the cloaking, but now sometimes when you when you're trying to set a spy on fire, you'll see the fire shield effect that the vaccinator has. Like where it has the fire icon above oh, and it creates bubble. Like a bubble shield. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see that and sometimes you won't. And I'm not sure what the difference is and why sometimes you do and sometimes you're not, whether it's like they're coming in or out of cloak or they're disguised or not disguised or something. Mm. Weird. And it's really confusing. And then also I still haven't fully got my head around how the new Dead Ringer works. Like the slight well, change that. Well again, as they keep doing. Huh. It's like the slight difference to ha- like the difference in invulnerability and like I think you get a speed boost now when you trigger it so you can get further away 
to counteract the loudness of it and the really mm, obviousness okay. of it. <laughs> and it like they changed how much of your health you lose on that hit or whatever. Okay. And like how much damage you take while you're in that invulnerability phase, and sure. like the diff- how how you can extend the cloak by picking up ammo and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So in a weird way, that probably actually doesn't affect you unless you play as it, because to everyone else, it's just going to be they're still going to uncloak, they're still going to make a hell of a noise. Yeah. As... I just find it. I don't know if it's just. I don't know if it is just more people using the ice school, but I I just find it much harder to set spies on fire now. <laughs> Yeah, the the ice cream <laughs> became quite prevalent more recently. I've never liked that thing. Well, I, I kind of like the the ice death. You know, the fact that it leaves statues behind. That's kind of thematically like. That's oh, cool. they changed. They changed. I don't know if it was the ice school or one of the other ones, but they changed one of the spy knives so it's no longer a silent death. Like it does. It now posts a kill message and everything. Oh right, because that I don't know if that was the ice school or not. Because that's the that was the real trick about those kind of spy knives, like the Eternal Reward or whatever, mm. when they were silent. Yeah, fully silent. Even though the ice cube was never silent, because it made a loud cracking noise. Cracking <laughs> crack, yeah. <coughs> but maybe the impact was silent, but then like the ice effect afterwards, like slightly delayed sound in a way. Yeah, but it's not like the Eternal Reward where the actual guy just disappears yeah. and you just run through it and take the disguise. <laughs> yeah. That made it much harder to notice. Mm. It wasn't like a trail of bodies behind. Alright then. Is that, is that you? Yeah, I guess so. Sounds like Meg. <laughs> okay. Playing on, the, playing on the cutting edge of games as yeah, well. As well. <laughs> <laughs> How close are you to the cutting edge then, Rob? <laughs> Uh, about one year to four years. <laughs> okay. But the game thing, I'm going to be playing Fallout 4 before too long, presumably. So I guess, yeah. It's not that long until that happens. This game of 2015 comes on. So let's talk uh, the last month's Game of Gold, well, probably a couple months old, Game of Gold, So Many Me. Um... <laughs> It was free, so I picked it up, yeah, and I've been playing it. Uh, it's a puzzle platformer by uh, Extend Studios, who I think are the guys that made A-R-E-S, or R's, or something, which I think was like a sort of Mega Man-esque platformer. Don't really know a lot about it, if I'm honest. But anyway, they're, they're an indie gut developer that have been involved with Dream Build Play and have had some success in that in the past. Um and this is their next thing, which is, uh, as I said, it's a bit of a puzzle platformer where its gimmick is is that you, um, as you go through the levels, you find these seeds which spawn more of you, um, mm. and you basically form a train of clones of yourself, and you have to use your the, the, your clones in order to help you solve these various environmental problems. So uh, your main ability is the ability to turn into a block just in the middle of the air, uh, on which you, you, you're, you know, the next person in the chain attaches to. So then you can effectively climb up by like place a block, like rec- reclaim the last block you placed whilst jumping. So you can place another one. So you can basically climb indefinitely. Oh, okay. Um, but then that starts to get confused by the fact that, oh, there are these fume shrooms, uh, mushrooms that put like this stuff in the air that you can't use your abilities while you're in the stuff. Okay. And, uh, uh, cloud of crap. 
yeah, kind of. And it's like, oh, so I can't place blocks there. I can't climb through that. I'm going to have to think of another way of getting around, or I'm going to have to use some other elements of the environment in order to manipulate this. Um, and at first, this all seems quite well thought out. It's like, okay, yeah, I see what you're going for here. This uh, this makes a, a bit of sense. And there are plenty of neat puzzles that they do with this stuff. Eventually, they start introducing, um, I don't know, vehicle-like things, like the Jellosaur and the Jellophant and the which are like um, uh, you can summon all your all yourselves to be in them, and they grant you some immunities from some enemies, but also have some abilities and can do some stuff in the environment. So you have to. Some of the puzzles are about getting them to the places you need them to be in order to do them, and that stuff's kind of cool as well. Um, and it's got a good soundtrack. It's oh, by yeah. Hyper Duck. Um, you know, it's quite ambient, sort of like nice, relaxing music and stuff. Like that. It's by, as I say, it's by Hyper Duck, who are the guys that did the soundtrack to uh, Dust and Elysian Tale. Oh yeah, yeah. Quite, I'm a quite a big fan of that soundtrack, so big up those guys. They did a pretty good job here. Um, it has a nice tone to its writing, and it's quite irreverent. It's like the guy, your your character Philo, is somewhat impatient. It's just like. This means I'm going on an adventure, right? And it's like, well, yeah. And you're yeah. like, right, let's go save the world. And he basically disappears off the screen before the like go- mysterious ghostly figure can explain anything to him and stuff like that. It's like, let's <laughs> nice. do this. And it's like, uh, yeah. So that stuff's kind of neat when it happens. Cool. Um, sets itself up pretty well. You know, it's not much of a looker. It's sort of like, you know, just standard All right, okay. bubbly graphics and stuff. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's visual aesthetic isn't exactly original. Or I don't know if we like if you watch the video of us playing blocks that matter, it's that sort of yeah, I did, just yeah. enough level of aesthetics, right? Yeah, um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, but perhaps a little bit more balloony, <laughs> you know, a little bit more bubbly in the theme, um, yeah, uh, yeah, and overall, and it's like when it's doing its thing, when it's doing its puzzle mechanics, when it's do- when everything comes together. Uh, regarding some of the other abilities you get and, you know, having to think slightly differently about a problem because you might not have quite enough clones yet or oh, that okay. you need to tackle this puzzle in a certain way so you get the extra clone and then you can go back and do the other stuff. Um, when it works, when it's firing well, it's firing well and it feels satisfying. Right. But, and here comes the fun bit of every game I ever talk about, <laughs> it's definitely flawed in a number of ways. Um, so the biggest and earliest problem you will come across the game is that it's it feels like they, they, it feels like the developers are quite proud of their platforming mechanics because in a way the controls are quite tight in terms of you just moving and jumping they are quite direct like there's no okay. momentum to it and stuff like that it's all just you push the button and it happens immediately um, I don't think there's even really a mechanic where you do jump height. It's just like you always jump the same height, and it's like so it's fairly yeah. predictable in that sense, um, which actually helps to be honest. Like there's things like that, but then they become proud of it in the sense that it requires you to be a very precise platformer to pull off certain puzzles. So early on in the game, I came across a puzzle that I thought I knew the solution to, but it wasn't quite working, and I'm like, okay, that's probably not the route to take. So I tried a number of other things and, get, and then couldn't come up with something that got as close and like I, I couldn't figure out some other route of doing it. Um, so I got a bit frustrated. Da, 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 and this went on for a while. So I eventually looked up the solution to this particular mm-hmm. puzzle and was just like, well, how the bloody hell do I do this? 
And it was the way I had started doing it, but, but more it was like a precise. pixel off oh, or sad. something like that. Something ridiculous. And that happens quite a lot in this game. There are a number of, like, uh, there are places where it's just like, it requires a level of precision that I don't want from a puzzle platformer. I want, mm. I want it to be about the puzzle mm. and I don't want it to feel like I failed. If, or that I'm going about it in the wrong way because I'm a pixel off at some point or I've mistimed something by a fraction of a second and it's not obvious that that's what I've done. Hmm. So that was the first level of frustration. Secondly, the difficulty curve is messed up. Like the second, there's like five zones in the game, like five worlds, and the second zone is by far the hardest when you reach it because, well, it's just difficult. You don't have the abilities yet that like, there's one ability you can gain at some point that basically trivializes bullets in the game. Because there are these guns that fire bullets on sort of regular okay. like, bursts, but they will kill you normally. But eventually you get the ability to etherize yourself, which makes bullets not hurt you. So you can use them to do the environmental effect, but you don't have to worry about yourself. And as soon as you get that, then you're back in like happy puzzle land with the bullets. But until then, there are some levels that are just so hard because you could like having to predict or like you misjudge the bullet like very slightly and then it will put you back to a point where you have to set up your puzzle again which again leads to perhaps the next problem which is that the checkpointing is both incredibly helpful and incredibly unhelpful at the same time and that it's quite um generous with its checkpointing like if you die you don't have to do the whole level again cool. it'll put you back and anything that you've picked up you as soon as you You're pick retaining. it up once, it's permanently picked up. You can die or do what you want and reset the level, and that will have you know, all been remembered, um, which is great. Um, but none of the blocks you will have placed when you hit the checkpoint will still be there. Um, and sometimes, if you've used, um, there's these things called transmuter fruits that can change the ability of the person in the front of the chain. Um, sometimes it will have forgotten or it will think that you've used one of them even though you technically hit the checkpoint before using it and so you've then got to go through the process of making sure you've got the right combination of fruit in the right order of your chain in order so to you're like trying to undo your... what you've already done or it thinks you've, you've already done. yeah and you've then got to go through the process which can be quite a long process on some levels um to try and set something up before you can attempt it and then you just die and then it puts you in a position where it's like crap i'm gonna have to set all this up again um and that can be quite frustrating. Um, but I guess that's maybe that's the nature of having a platform, a puzzle platformer where you can die, um, that you're going to have some of that. Um, but sometimes they are super frequent where you might just get hit accidentally and it will put you like a second back. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I can, I can, I can manipulate it from here. No problem. Because death has no punishment other than, other than you might have to need to go and set stuff up again. Um, And then, on the flip side to the whole precision thing, yeah, there are certain mechanics that then suddenly feel weirdly floaty. Like, so when you place the block down, like the the, the ability I was saying earlier, the next yeah. you turn the front of the train into the block, but then the second one, the next person comes up to attach to the block you've just created. From the moment you create you create the block, the next person in the chain is vulnerable, and they sort of slingshot their way to the block. Um, okay. which can leave you in somewhat unpredictable circumstances sometimes because the rest of your chain may slingshot to it in a way that makes them clip a spike because they're taking the shortest direction 
um, to where you are. Um, or if you're recalling someone, like cause you, you have to, the way the mechanics work is you have to recall the last thing you placed. So that's part of the puzzle as well. You have to build stuff in a certain order. So if you need to reclaim blocks, you you have to remember, oh, I would, uh, the next one I'll reclaim will be that one. So I'm leaving this stuff in. Da, 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 da. But you could be reclaiming them across a large chunk of level. And if you then, in whilst they're in mid-reclamation, I suppose, you then turn the next guy in the chain into a block and that guy's still flying across the level. He could clip something and die. Right. Or end up in a slightly off, out of position place, which puts you in danger and could screw up your entire setup process, mm-hmm. which is really annoying. Yeah. Okay. I because they have this, spe- they have this specific bit of the game that is about precision platforming as well. Yeah, of course. The whole chrono tower, I think they call it the clock tower thing. And of course, that thing gets chrono super tower. frustrating because there are whole like sections about just manipulating two guys and turning them into blocks and recalling them, and you'll just clip a spike for an incredibly sharp bit of thing because the game just happened to pull him in that direction, and it's like, oh, that's that doesn't feel good at all. No. Super frustrating. Hmm. And any time they try and do a boss sequence, I think it's bad. And any time they try and do anything that requires, uh. A timed sequence, There's like the, the spoiler alert, I suppose, but it was technically a game of last year that I think has only just been oh, right, okay. released for free. Um, it's got a 2014 copyright on it, so I don't know. Um, there's there's a bit right at the end of the game where there's like a, a, a sequence where you're supposed like everything's supposed to be blowing up behind you, although very slowly, and you're supposed to make your way out of the level. And it's one of those classic like the screen is scrolling um, bits. Uh, don't let, don't hit the edge of the screen, or you'll yeah. die. Um, uh, except at the same, which is fine. Uh, except for two problems: one, if you get ahead of the screen, you die. Two, Great. so it doesn't move ran- the screen forward. <laughs> no, uh, and two, there are random projectiles being thrown at you the entire time. And I, when I say random, I mean they are actually totally random. There's no way of influencing how they fire or where they go. So there are times we are trying to set up a jump that requires. Um, timing and stuff like that but your jump will be totally blocked because three random projectiles will just happen to land on you at that precise right. moment and, and then the like, next time whatever. they won't be there at all yeah no yeah and and, that, and you have to do the entire sequence in one go there's no checkpoints in the middle of that sequence right which sucks yeah it's like that's a terrible way to end that game <laughs> so like I think some of that they're, they're, all in all I think their ideas are sound but they have tried to mix in ideas that don't really gel, mm. and it's it's a bit of a shame because I think it's I think there's promise there. If they just stuck to it being a puzzler, then it would have been good. But they perhaps they wanted to just inject or need a bit of drama here or need a bit need something to shake it up. Uh, but the things they added sort of fight fight their intention, I think, and let it down. When it's being a puzzler, it's fine. When it's being a platformer, less fine. Oh, and the sound is really quite irritating in places. The music's <laughs> good, but the sound is really quite irritating. Bad sound. Right. Yeah. Well, the guns are constant. Like, the, yeah, it's like if you have a level with guns, the guns are always firing, so they're always going da da da, and then the, there's a sound every time the the bullets die as well. So it's going da 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 da, and they might not. There might be multiple guns in the level, so they might not be all all in sync. So you're like da da and then and then there are these sentry turrets that are also really quite irritating because they they have like a vision radius but the the vision 
like and it's like in a cone around them but it only shows the direction in which they're looking which at first makes you think oh that's fine i can sneak up behind this guy no you can't their vision cone is just as big behind them at all times and they'll just snap and insta kill you um so that's a little hard to judge sometimes but whenever they change direction they go what so like there are ones that are stood, stood still that are going what 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 the entire time and you think that's a cool noise at first <laughs> But then do it's you? like, oh, I do. And then, like, but then, of course, you've got a level with guns and sentry guns all going off at the same time. So it's like, it's a sound. It's it's so irritating. Like, Sounds I did just like... turn the sound off for a while and just be all like, no, I'm going to play this on mute. Man, <laughs> that is bad. Pl- yeah. Um. Yes. So, I I sort of enjoyed my time with it. <laughs> I did 1,000 achievement point it, so, you know, oh, <laughs> I, right. I managed 100% that game, but, uh, but yes, that's like, it, it has, has its problems, caveats. has its problems, definitely has its problems. Cool. But it's free. Or was free. Or was. I don't know what or it is. Or was, now, yeah. 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 So I don't feel so bad about it. Uh, and the other thing I've been playing a reasonable amount of, is Binary Domain. I got round to that thing. Yep. Got round to it. Yeah. And that is a perfectly adequate third-person shooter. It does nothing special. <laughs> like, well, not... that sounds dumb. It does... it's, it's basically like, when it came out, I think it would have been absolutely fine, because I guess this would have been around the time of Gears of War 2, I think. And, like, its mechanics aren't terrible. It doesn't look bad i suppose for that amount that time period it looks fine um and it's basically a a third person cover you get behind cover you shoot some stuff you move to some other cover you shoot some other stuff like i guess it's gimmick is the fact that every every enemy you face is a robot of some kind and most of them have destroyable limbs so like you can take their legs off for instance and then that will sort of slow their progress in moving towards you because they'll have to crawl along the floor um and things like that or you can headshot them which makes them confused and will attack anything that's next to them Really? <laughs> they can't see. So you can use that to your advantage. If you manage to get a number of headshots off, they'll all start fighting each other, which is kind of cool. Um, uh, and in a weird way, that's all there is to it. I mean, there's this like social dynamic to it. I mean, as in like how you interact with characters and they, they big it up as kind of a big thing. It's like, oh yeah, you're supposed to talk to the people and um, give the right responses to uh, gain their trust. And if you gain their trust... Uh, not only is their achievement associated with gaining maximum trust, there's um, it also makes them more likely to listen to any squad orders you give. Um, so if you want to order them to cover you or fire or regroup or stuff like that, they are more likely to trust your decision if they have high trust in you. Um, but basically, that system devolves into just say yes. Like <laughs> right. the, the actions that seem to make people have more trust in you when they're having a conversation with them is to agree with them. Mm. <laughs> just say yeah if you sort of say like like say someone has a moment where it goes man that went real bad didn't it and you just and you say the phrase that says like oh god damn it oh. or something yeah. they'll suddenly go they'll suddenly go hey don't be so bad down about it it's like you were just down you were the one it. yeah it was just down about <laughs> I it was, I was, ag- agreeing, I was with agreeing you. with your mood just not say necessarily yes. agreeing in statement just say yeah that was bad or something or just say yeah and they'll go man we've been in worse though and then they'll feel all good about it it's like what <laughs> it doesn't work yeah, is the, basically is the problem with it um they did try and make it so like and i turned this feature off immediately 
was that it's supposed to do speech recognition on this stuff. Oh, for so, God's sake. so if you have a headset on, you can say yes, okay, or stuff like that. Apparently, the, like, the speech recognition, like what it recognizes, is actually quite extensive. So you can swear at it, for instance, and the other players will say, say don't stress out, and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, and it actually kind of works. You know, the recognition is fine. Um, uses speech FX or something. And it's like, so it's kind of interesting that they're doing that, but it's, you know, it's utterly unnecessary because you can just turn it off and then there's a button press to like bring up possibilities and you just press a button to act on it. Um, which is much less, uh, socially awkward when other people are in the room. Um, yeah, so that seat system is kind of pointless. Um, but it took a while. It took me a couple of chapters of the game for me to realize that that game is Japanese as hell. Right. I didn't realize it was Japanese developed. But it is. Um, it's effectively made by, in part, the guy who's behind the Yakuza series. Oh, that thing. Okay. So it's very Japanese. And it's like the only thing that the moment it dawned on me was when the part of the storytelling was just like, this feels a lot like an anime. And I'm just like, it to-, and I looked it up and it's like, it totally is Japanese. Oh, it's an it anime. totally is yeah. anime style writing. Okay, makes sense. Um, so yeah, and I even I dug a little deeper, and I found out it's like, oh, the guy that's voicing the lead character was also one of Vincent's friends in Catherine. So this is like they're pulling on um, like the, the community of people that do like anime dubs effectively to voice some of the character work here, which mm. makes me think, oh, maybe this did start life as a Japanese, a fully Japanese voiced game, and or they just had contacts to American dub people and thought, well, let's do that. <laughs> but then, how would you have a French robot? <laughs> <laughs> Kane, the French robot, is pretty cool. <laughs> it's got to be said. He has a touch of class that that game desperately needed. Is he French, French or Canadian French? No, he's very French. Okay. He's all French. Full French. He's full, he's full on French. Fully Frenchy. He, uh, he is a quality character. Um, well, not in, really in terms of him having much depth, but it's fun just having him say things in a very eloquent French way all the time. <laughs> Like, Monsieur, c'est magnifique! <laughs> like, what would that have been in Japanese? Is it still in French? Or is that just like, is that just. Because that's something they've done repeatedly through the years of Japanese to English translations. Is like. It's like with Nino Kuni, where they made that guy Welsh. It's like in the Japanese version, it's just like. It's the Japanese equivalent of Welsh. It's just like somewhere right, that yes. they, they still speak Japanese, but they just think it sounds funny. Like how <laughs> yeah, people yeah. think Welsh sounds funny. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> So what would like no, France be for Japan, like China? <laughs> I guess. It's, no, it's it's you know what actually they do, they do the French fine. Like he's he's trying to be cl- like the robot is classier than everyone else, and it's like a his etiquette is definitely uh, <laughs> a step above everyone else, and that and they play to that by making everything then worded uh, in a, in sort of like some words in French, some stuff in English, you know, classic. French phrases that everyone will recognise, I suppose, like s'il vous plaît and uh, like and bonsoir and things like that. He will say in French, but then like everything else would be in English, just in a French accent, yeah. and that, that's that's fine. I think he he adds something to that game. It's cool, and the main plot, as I say, is somewhat. I think they need to do more. I'm like eighty percent of the way through the game, I think, and they they, they like the, the plot sets up more than they do with it. If if that makes any sense, it's like they uh. And the the kind of idea is you're being sent into Tokyo to take out this a this 
robotics and AI manufacturer called Amada, who have supposedly broken Clause 21 by making robots that uh, appear human. And don't know they're robots. And right. don't know that they're robots, yeah. Right. They're Sign not on. humanoid Sign in on. nature. They are, yeah, they kind of have flesh on them. They sort of bleed, and they, but they're not aware that they're living these fake lives and that they have been at least for at least 10 years. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a really obvious twist coming up. <laughs> like, the most obvious. Well, yeah. One, one of your guys is going to turn out one, to be Yeah, one of my team members is going to have to... I bet it's me. Yeah, probably. That's I, the most obvious. Yeah. <laughs> the alarm has played. Oh, the alarm has played. That's, not, that's fine. I'm kind of... This is all I really want to talk about anyway, but it's... Uh, yeah, so that's bound to happen, and it's like <laughs> yep, the, the scene. The, that was the moment where I, I discovered I, when I thought this is anime as hell was when they sort of you have a confrontation with one of these hollow children, as they call them, and I'm like, that's a very um, suave sounding name for these things, hollow child. <laughs> that sounds a little hollow, like someone wrote it. That someone wrote it down and it looked better on paper than it did someone saying it. I don't know, know if it does. I don't it's know. about the word hollow child. Hollow child. <laughs> yeah. It, and, you know, the scene where one of them is being sort of like it, a, a sort of street gang discovers that one of them is a robot and is like, ha, look at this. And uh, uh, muck around with it and the reactions and stuff. And it's like, oh, this game is going somewhere. This is cool. And it kind of, that's about, it doesn't really progress much further than that, probably until right at the end. So, uh, they could have done a lot more of it than they have. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Fair enough. But in the end, you're just you're just walking around shooting robots. So you know, it's quite a nice switch off sort of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unplug and shoot robots. Yeah, it's an alternative way. When you think about it as well, like it's an alternative to like, it, like I guess around that time, two games came out that were Japanese uh, approaches to the third person shooter. One of them was this. And the other one was Vanquish. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they well, come on, Vanquish is cooler. Vanquish like is a long cool. shot. Yeah. Play Vanquish instead. Definitely. If you want yeah, if you want what is possibly the most Japanese take on third the first person, person shooter, shooter uh, Vanquish is the one. And you still but, get to the, shoot the, robots. Yeah. <laughs> and they still spark and they still explode in a satisfying manner. What more could you want? It's a binary domain. It's okay. But that's all it is. <laughs> Not it's just exactly. okay. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, really. It's just there's nothing inherently uh, great about it. So, Oh, and I guess the characters do repeat lines in the middle of fights quite a lot. There's that classic problem. What's the Mass Effect 2 one that everyone... Would... One less. One less. <laughs> yeah. Or they've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> they've seen this. <laughs> they've seen this is just funny. Yeah. Rather than annoying. <laughs> These ones like they're constantly like if you get like some decent shots or something, they're constantly commending you yeah. on it. And they don't have each character doesn't seem to have very many lines for that. Like Kane will constantly going, Your aim is magnifique, monsieur <laughs> Or or um Big Bo will be shouting out, That was sweet <laughs> with all the high pitched ear piercing glory. <laughs> Sweet! Uh, like, Dan, check you out, man. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, there's like every character has like two lines for that stuff, so you hear them a lot. 
or or when they think something or they've been when they've been hurt a bit they basically have like one line that they say to indicate that they've been hurt a bit but it's always often really strange like big bows is like oh i guess we bit off more than we could chew like and he says that a lot as well or like um uh kane will say is there no end <laughs> in a french accent <laughs> Or you know, some some characters just go. This battle's pretty difficult, huh? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. So, like, or every time you get knocked down and you give yourself a health pack, then someone will say, like, okay, try not to be so reckless. And it says that every time. And it's like, so yeah, speech wise, they haven't really thought it through. <laughs> it's too much speech. Just be quiet, people. <laughs> oh, and I guess some of the boss fights do have that irritating thing where they. Like mechanically, where the missiles are coming at you, but you can't really see where they are. So every now and then, you'll just sort of explode. <laughs> yeah, it's <there's>, a <laughs> classic. And there's quite a lot. Of, it takes you quite a lot of time to then stand back up, which in the meantime means you could get hit by another missile. Exactly. <laughs> it's just stand you again. So you can get stuck sometimes. But you know, they do do that Japanese thing of like, this wouldn't be a, a game against fighting robots if you didn't face some really big, crazy robots. Mm. Yep. Like there's one that's basically a motorbike with a motorhead face on it. With a what? It's kind of cool. There's one that's basically just a giant road-filling motorbike that takes up like six lanes. Nice. To just drive, but it's got the face of like the like the motorhead face on it. Right. It's kind of cool. Jeez. The game is crazy, and I will finish it this before next podcast. Speaking of which, coming to the end of this one. I believe so. Unless you've got any more GTA-based nonsense to tell. Finish GTA. Woo! There you go. 33 hours, something like that. Uh, Yeah, I like the story better the second time around. And obviously, like I've been saying repeatedly, it looks freaking great on the PC. So play that shit if you haven't already. I'm sure most people have, given it's it's probably the best-selling game of like the past five years or something. That Game Changers program is coming on television. Oh, yeah. Too, that looks I think. pretty rubbish. I don't know. I can't believe Daniel Radcliffe has anything, really. Not Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he's very good, but he just sounds like Harry. He doesn't... That's why everything he's in since Harry Potter requires him to have a beard. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's no way Sam Hauser, like, sounds or, or acts anything like that. Like, no, I don't, we don't know what he's like because I haven't really seen him interviewed or anything. They're quite reclusive, no. aren't they? But I'm pretty sure Daniel Radcliffe isn't doing like an impression of him. I don't know. It just yeah, sounds like know. Daniel Radcliffe. Anyway. Well, I'm going to watch it. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, I'll probably watch it, but I don't hold up high, too high hopes, especially since Rockstar themselves are like, fuck you guys, why did you do this? The BBC are doing like a whole like like science or computing season at the moment. Yeah. And one thing we saw on the trailers had me worried because it was about basically teens playing video games and like, are they really good for us or bad for us? And oh. it's like, oh, this is going to be a shit show. Uh, that, I have to watch this. <laughs> yeah, see hilarious. how bad it will be. I think it, I can't remember if it was Horizon or Panorama and I can never remember which one of those two is the one I hate more. Panorama's the shit one. <laughs> Although Horizons, Horizon used to be a lot better than it is these days. Occasional one. They're is all good. just, they're all just so like we don't actually tell you much information. Yeah, Horizon like, is just like about... is just mega dumbed down, whereas Panorama is like more like annoying. They just want to talk about the journey, man. 
It's not actually yeah. about the facts, man. It's about this guy finding out about the facts and then not telling you the facts because he's better than you. I mean, Horizon is like, how many times can they do something where they're talking about um, string theory and they just have like shots of like violins? And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not really much you can do. No, I know. I know. But the they problem. just say they like, just when they're talking about black holes, it's like when we're going to show the star map and, and then there's a black thing and it walks around. It's a black thing, yeah. How you represent a black hole. That's, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Interstellar did a pretty good job. But anyway, yeah. You can't really say that, though, can you? You can't be like, oh, yeah, this film did a pretty good job of representing a black hole, something that you've never actually seen in your life and no one has. No, yeah. the picture of Interstellar, they went to the effort of trying to model it, and then the imagery they used for the black hole was the result of this sci- apparently like scientifically built model. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who knows? It might be an accurate representation. <laughs> Oh, I, I think I got a way of saying who knows quite a lot less this week. Who knows, yeah. <laughs> less news less news to who knows about it. Yeah, exactly. That was the well, trick. Well, thanks for joining us, listeners, for another Sadcast. Um, uh, stay tuned for more Sadcasts. Also, um, videos coming up. Probably Final Fantasy VIII in the queue. Probably four videos Blur's in the next. future. I think, right. yeah, we got Blur coming yeah, up next. Good. So check that out. That's a really good game that not enough people played. Um, so yeah. watch that video and then... That video is excellent. It's the happy. It's the first happy sound of GP. It's a really good game that never played, but you can't buy it anymore. But you can't buy it anymore. Good luck. So, yeah, buy it second hand or probably, something. Yeah, you can probably find a it. Console version. Yeah, get a console PC version. version you'll struggle. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Catch you next time. Bye. Beast. Yep. Let's get beast. Beast. Bye. Bye.